Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning, my neighbor. Good morning, July. Good morning. Music. Talk. Inspiration. In perspective. Express yourself. Good morning, my neighbor. City FM, your station. It's a refreshing lifestyle. City FM, 97.3. Oh! 
28 minutes past six. Nathaniel Bassi with a testimony. See what the Lord have done. My eyes have seen, my ears have heard the great things that the Lord has done for me. What a way to start your day with a heart full of praise. What we've been waiting for, what we've been praying for, what we've been fasting for. See the manifestation. See the appearance of that beautiful thing. Starting the show with Business Sense brought to you by Etel Tigo Business and, and ADB. So much to do on a day like this. It's a Thursday, 16th of June. We're so grateful to God. There's a lot to be thankful for. Start with Business Sense. We're still talking about the concept of teamwork. The 101% principle. It says, find the 1% we agree on and give it 100% of our effort. We can't agree on everything, but for the things we agree on, let's work together to make it happen. Now, there's a very interesting quote from Daryl Zanuck. Daryl Zanuck. He says, if two men on the same job agree all the time, then one is useless. If they disagree all the time, then both are useless. <laughs> If two men on the same job agree all the time, then one is useless. If they disagree all the time, then both are useless. So find the things you agree on and give it your best. There are some things you wouldn't agree on. Let those take care of themselves. It's the power of teamwork. If two work together, they are better than one. So work on the 101% principle. Find the things you agree on and give it your best. That's Business Sense this morning brought to you by Airtel Tigo Business. The Tugumisu is reloaded. Cash prices of over 1 million cities up for grabs. From now to September, dial star 500 hash. Check your weekly Airtel money, your calls, your data, and all other targets to enter this promo. Don't forget that all winners will be contacted by one number and one number alone. 0260-000-100. Be that lucky person. Dial star 500 hash. Enter the Airtel Tigo Tugu Missouri Loaded promo now. This gaming activity is regulated by the Gaming Commission of Ghana. And ADB is happy to say you can get up to 80% of your next monthly salary in our Payday Plus. Make sure you receive your salary through our bank. Get a quick salary advance to meet all your pressing needs. Call us on 024-428-4197. Join the conversation on the City Breakfast Show on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash city97.3. Twitter at twitter.com forward slash city973. And Instagram at instagram.com forward slash city973. With the hashtag CityCBS. Unleashing the power of the radio. This is City 97.3. 
Get into a newspaper review this morning It's brought to you by Fidelity Bank Nothing beats experience That's why we want you to experience Dubai for yourself If you're a Fidelity agent Get the highest number of Fidelity smart accounts open Transactions performed And this fabulous all expense paid vacation to Dubai It's between now and October Call us on 0593-837146 Fidelity Bank, believe with us And your car deserves the best street Get the total quartz 9000 future 0W20 Specially conditioned and developed for your engine The latest generation engine It's for optimum efficiency and performance Make sure your car is well protected Visit the nearest total service station Even as you listen now Alright, so we are told we should expect more rains mm. and I think the Ghana Meteo Agency has been in the news. They've also said that they are owed a lot of money. Mm. I'm actually checking them out they right now. I wanted to just Twitter. go to check what they had to say. They said they are owed over $80 million by a number of government agencies. On their Twitter? No, no, no. They said that on Eyewitness News yesterday uh. and uh, they were speaking to Omar Sanda on the, on the, on the show. Mm. And we are to expect a lot more rain between now and the end of the week. So let's brace ourselves. So stay safe. Let's take part in making things work. Alright, so let's say good morning to Kokui and to Godfred. Welcome to the show. Thank you very much. Good morning. I'm very well, thank you. I'm trying to access the Ghana Meteorological Agency Twitter, but I'm sure oh. before the show ends, I'll give it to you. And uh, let's start with the headlines, Godfrey. What do you have for me? Well, the front page says, Review ex Gracia, former council of state member, recommends. I'll give you details in a bit. Okay. Floods, heavy winds hit Accra again. Mm. Also on the front page, take concrete measures to salvage economy. Kwesi Boche. All right. The Ghanaian Times front page, Veep unveils Ghana Pay mobile money service to promote financial inclusion. Also, military personnel deployed ECG scales up security as it replaces postpaid meters in Yulo Krobo. Mm. Drama Oil sues Deloitte over audit negligence claim and mm. CSO's Lord Government's U Start program. All right. Front page of the Daybreak newspaper. <clears throat> Sorry. <clears throat> yeah. So Jalus's finger during illegal ops. Mm. The NPA says we don't determine fuel prices. There's a nice <laughs> photo of Abbas Ibrahim Tasuti, <laughs> who is head of economic regulation yeah. at the NPA. Mm. And uh, Good Causes Foundation exposed 
over NLA account romance. Hmm. The business finder banks deep in electronic payments as Dr. Baumia launches Ghana Pay, a mobile money, money service for banks. Also, 56% of youth say Ghana is moving in the right direction. And CSO's Lord Government's Youth Start program. Front page of the Anchor newspaper. This is sad. A legendary school. Hot hmm. cast. Rotting away. What is happening? I'll give you details in a bit. Dirty secrets at GRE begin to drop. Mm. The headline also says Alex Mould is in trouble. Mm. Agric Minister recommends organic fertilizer to farmers and nurses and midwives lose trust in their leadership. Hmm. The Chronicle front page, police arrest three soldiers for robbery. 56% of Ghanaian youth say the country is on right trajectory. Yes, I took monies from coup plotters, investigator confesses in court. All 38 Islamic SHS students discharged from hospitals. And Proverbs 21 verse 7, the violence of the wicked will sweep them away because they refuse to do what is just. Finally from me, Bernard, the front page of the business analyst says Gibbs instant pay hits 31 billion Ghana cities uh, the launch of the bank-wide mobile money service Ghana Pay is also on the front page of the paper. Prices of petrol diesel to go up between 10 and 15% also makes it the front page of the paper. The new crusading guide, Baumia unveils Ghana Pay to promote financial inclusion. KK Sapong to be appointed UPSA Chancellor. NPP bigwigs file forms. And Movement for Truth tackles GRA over doubtful 74 million Ghana cities office projects. If you go to citynewsroom.com, 50% of Domi Kabinya voters still favor Adjua Safo according to a survey. We are cash-trapped. Airport civil aviation owes 80 million. This is the Meteo Agency. In other stories, don't blame us if transport fares go up again. This is GPRTU. Meanwhile, Kennedy Japan says, I absented myself from parliament due to ill health. And then Ablakwa says that uh, we have to compensate developers whose structures were ab uh, demolished um, for the uh, National Cathedral. So the headline says, National Cathedral, government has not paid owners of demolished structures. So that's the story on citynewsroom.com. My John Online says, Akufado's minister caught in conflict, coming soon on Joy News. It's a question mark. Meanwhile, government must come clean on National Cathedral according to the Christian Council and uh, take money from Heritage Fund to build National Cathedral. Christian Council suggests. <laughs> Meanwhile, a couple more stories. Reckless driver jailed six years after killing his brother and friend in a car crash. And then, still on National Cathedral, Board of Trustees membership amended to reflect Mensa Otabel's exit. If you go to Star FM, investigative piece, sex trafficking of young Nigerian girls uncovered in Koforidia. Also, Parliament will be paralyzed with partisan posture. This is Bagbin. Free SHS branded t shirts estimated to cost 38 million CDs being shared to students. And uh, Alex Mode, Gavivina, Tamaklo to face court over missing ex Max Lock boss. All these stories and more. If you go to City Business News, many Ghanaian businesses not Africa focused. This is Ofusu Dotti from the F Business Festival. Said Tekwa is cautioning government against defaulting on debt repayment. And then the crisis of debt and oil price shocks, the looming storms in Ghana. It's one to keep an eye on on citybusinessnews.com. Bloomberg is talking about a coming recession. Wall Street sounds a louder recession call after a Fed rate hike. We'll keep an eye on that story 
as well let's get into the details guys all right should we start with this new ghana pay mobile money service so mm. the vice president dr baumia has launched the ghana pay mobile money service an electronic payment platform to enhance financial services and promote financial inclusion mm. the ghana pay is a mobile money service the first bank-wide solution in ghana providing an opportunity for users to have access to unlimited banking services in addition to existing mobile money services mm. the platform was developed through collaborative efforts by the ghana interbank payments and settlement system or gips and the Ghana Association of Banks under the supervision of the Bank of Ghana. It is like any mobile money service, but with additional banking services designed for financial freedom and a bank-wide mobile money service provided by universal banks, rural banks, and savings and loans companies. Mm. Now, the CEO of GIPS, Mr. Archie Hesse, said Ghana Pay is a bank-wide mobile wallet, a shared platform. He explained it will present banks with the opportunity to provide the informal sector with a wallet that Mm. combines the features of traditional mobile money service and a bouquet of banking services. Uh, staying with that, I'll take you to the front page of the business analyst where the Ghana Interbank Payment and Settlement System Instant Pay Transactions hit 31 billion Ghana cities in 2021 from 420,000 Ghana cities in 2016 mm. as electronic payment systems continue to grow rapidly. Mm. In tandem, both the value of mobile money transactions and registered mobile money agents also increased 13 and 14 fold. 13 and 4 fold respectively mm-hmm. in 2021. Now, I'll stay with the digital economy mm-hmm. and take you to page 29 All right. of Daily Graphic. Freelance workers complain oh. of unfair wages. Oh, workers in the gig economy have, un- have complained about the unpleasant working conditions they work in. The gig economy is characterized by a labor market comprised of freelance and short-term jobs, so-called gigs, mm-hmm. which are usually mediated via digital labor platforms mm-hmm. and can be either conveyed and carried out online. Mm-hmm. The workers comprising digital workers and those engaged in virtual work said they were not earning living wages from their operations. The president of the Ghana Online Drivers Union, Francis Tenga, said the condition under which they work as online and platform workers make a living wage difficult. Let's go to the MPA. It's a couple of stories here. If you go to... Uh uh, the Ghana report, the lead story says Ghana owns only 18% of its crude oil produced daily. But you know this. Then the MPA, I'm, I'm bringing this because of the, the issues around uh, the fuel price where they've gotten to now. This story says Ghana owns only 27,000 barrels, representing 18% of the 150,000 barrels of crude produced daily in the country. This is woefully less than the 96,000 barrels of crude the country consumes daily and does not have any significant influence on a continuous increase in price of petroleum products. Abbas Tassunzi, who is the head of economic regulation, MPA, said global factors including geopolitics, wars, natural disasters and political unrest were affecting the issues of demand and supply, creating shortages and directly influencing prices of petroleum products. Now, Abbas is on page 3 of the Daybreak newspaper where he says they don't determine fuel prices. Mm-hmm. According to him, he said the MPA's responsibility is to regulate the prices of petroleum products to ensure that suppliers and consumers get value for money. Meanwhile, City Business News has a story that the crisis of debt and oil price shocks the looming storms in Ghana. It's a feature article written uh, and sent to us yesterday by Isaac Ankara, PhD, and Richard Asravo, also PhD, Department of Economics, GCTU. And they're basically saying things may get worse when you talk about Ghana, a lot of anxiety, debt levels spiraling, interest rates choking investments, milky tax cuts, dwindling revenue mobilization, cost of living reaching a record high, getting on track to get higher, food and transport sector costs going up, 
dwindling purchasing power of Ghanaians, and they're basically saying there's a twin crisis looming if it's not already here and then gprt has joined the fray they say don't blame us if transport fares go up again and this will be the third time this year that transport fares would have gone up speaking to city news industrial relations office of the union abbas Imuro refuted reports that the union is meeting with gp grtc over the decision but he says they should not be blamed if they decide to raise the prices. Well, in the Chronicle, police have arrested three soldiers for robbery. So three soldiers and a civilian accomplice have been arrested by the police over alleged robbery mm. at Insakina near Amasama in the Greater Accra region. Mm. The incident took place on Saturday, the 4th of June. They are Cor- Corporal Yinsa Bilik Gabriel, Lance Corporal Elikam Adams, and Lance Corporal Asiedu Stanley and Malik, the civilian accomplice. Mm. So reports reaching the Chronicle from both police and military sources indicate that the four on Saturday, 4th June, scaled a wall into a home at Insakina and allegedly robbed a number of the occupants of eight mobile phones. Mm. The suspects then forced the victims to transfer an amount of 850 Ghana CDs to a registered MTN number bearing the name of Yinsa Bilik Gabriel. Mm. Police investigation led to the three soldiers subsequently arrested by the military police and then handed over to the Amasama District Police Command for further investigation. The soldiers have since been cautioned and released to the military police to report periodically while the investigation continues. Meanwhile, the civilian accomplice, Malik, has confessed to the crime during interrogation. Now, staying with the military on page 3 of the daybreak, it says that a soldier at the Central Command of the Ghana Forces is battling for his life after losing his fingers during a Galamsey operation. The soldier lost his finger when he tried. Is it finger or fingers? When he lost... His fing- the soldier lost his finger mm-hmm. when he tried to save a victim oh. of a machete attack oh. from his aggressor. Oh. Oh. He's rushed to the Confanochi Teaching Hospital for medical attention. According to the story, it's not unknown why he was not sent to the 4th Battalion Medical. Where was reception. this operation? Uh, the, the paper does the not The paper does not say. It's probably somewhere in Ashanti. Yes, and then the paper who <laughs> raises questions about something called the Good Causes Foundation. What are they doing? It uh, says that details have emerged over how Good Causes Foundation, the corporate social responsibility arm of the National Lottery Authority, is milking the authority dry. Mm. It says that tanks are wagging as to how the foundation launched in October last year and draws cash for its projects from the NLA main account. According to the paper, uh, the, uh, the foundation has no board of trustees or a chief executive officer to properly direct its affairs and also checks mm. at the Register General Department indicates that the foundation was registered on June 5th, mm. 2022. This is interesting. Now, mm. parts of Ghana flooded again after downpour on Wednesday. It's a city news report. Accra, areas like Adabraka, the usual suspects, Osu, Kaneshi, First Light, Trade Fair, Accra Central and other places had drains unable to contain floodwaters. There was also flooding in Kofridia, Ajesso Estate in the eastern region, western region, Cape Coast and central region also got flooded. And then we also had the Metro Agency giving indication of more rains in the coming days. According to them, southern Ghana will remain cloudy with the possibility of rains and thunder within the morning. This was yesterday. They haven't updated their forecast for today yet. I've checked their Twitter handle. It's not done. But what I see from them is from yesterday where they say we are cash-trapped. Airport Civil Aviation owes us $80 million. This story is on citynews.com. $80 million. I kid you not. The Ghana Meteorological Agency says it is handicapped in its operations to provide accurate weather information following the onset of the rains due to financial challenges. This is because some state agencies have failed to pay for services rendered to them by the agency. Now, they name the Ghana Airport Company and the Ghana Civil Aviation Authority as some of the agencies who are defaulters owing them to the tune of $80 million. That's crazy. That's like 600 and something million cities. 
Felicity Hafianyo, head of central analysis and forecast of the agency, said this on Eyewitness News while speaking on some of the difficulties being faced by the agency. Quote, some companies are owing the Ghana Met Agency and they are not paying. I can say that Ghana Airport Company is not paying for the service we render to them. The Ghana Civil Aviation Authority is also not paying for the service we are rendering. They are not paying, but once a while they come and give us something small. Meanwhile, they are owing us up to $80 million. Now, recent floods recording parts of the country led to the destruction of several properties. Meanwhile, NADMO is asking for a, dra- a drastic re-engineering of drains and drainage to mm. curb flooding. This is your man, George A.C., he basically was speaking on the same program and he says a radical re-engineering of drainage is needed mm. to solve across flooding. The issue that we bring to this, the issue that will bring this to an end is major re-engineering, especially of our drains, Mr. Mm. I.C. told City Eyewitness News. Uh, let me stay with the rains then. Mm. Uh, floods, heavy winds hit a cry again. This on page 16 of the Daily Graphic. Mm. And in the aftermath of uh, the floods and heavy winds, that hit a cry yesterday. Daily graphics sent teams hmm. around. Um, they saw falling trees, uh, which are around 6 p.m. when they got to the Barnes Road. Then Tessa, not to Accra, the roads were full of water, making it difficult for cars to pass through. Same for Darkoman. Hmm. You know, just the usual. Yeah, yeah, we did the same thing and showed you even some places around here that people could not move. Mm-hmm. Let's come back to Kukui. Yes, in the Chronicle, and it's in other newspapers as well, 56% of Ghanaian youth say the country is on the right trajectory. This is a survey report published by the Guardian newspaper. Reveals again, 56% of Ghanaian youth think we're on the right track. According to the report, which is the African Youth Survey of 2022, it was published on the 13th of June. 15 countries are part of the survey. The pandemic, climate crisis, political instability, and violence all contributed to making young people jittery about their future since the COVID pandemic began, according Mm. to the survey. Only 32% of the 4,500 young people interviewed aged between 18 and 24 were optimistic about Africa's prospects but with the lack of access to water major concerns around terrorism you've got a demographic of people that are very jittery about their future again. But the Ghanaian youth think 56% of them at least say they would want to stay in the country as in their estimation there is hope for the country and the current leadership is doing all it can to make things work. Now that was only second to Rwanda. The other countries were Rwanda, Uganda, Mozambique, Gabon, DC, DR Congo, South Africa, Congo Republic, Angola, Ethiopia, Sudan, Malawi, Kenya, Zambia, and Nigeria. Let's come back to the National Cathedral. Okujatua Blackwa is still on the crusade. Government hasn't compensated owners of demolished structures. Story on citynewsroom.com says the MP for Norton, Samuel Okujatua Blackwa, has accused the government of failing to compensate companies whose properties were demolished for the construction of the National Cathedral. He said the government's failure to fill the financial obligations has compelled the affected companies to resort to the courts for justice. Quote, the private developers whose properties were demolished have not been compensated. So where is the money? A black one asked on Eyewitness News. He wondered what the money, the seed money set aside for the construction of the cathedral was being used for. Now, I wanted to just give you a couple of stories which I find quite bizarre. So if you go to Star FM, free SHS branded t-shirts estimated to cost 38 million cities are being shared to students for what i will read a story there's a photo of a, a student holding a free shs t- t-shirt says that fm has uncovered the bulk printing of a free shs branded t-shirts for distribution to about 1.2 million students currently in schools across the country the t-shirts are being procured by the free shs secretariat 
at the office of the presidency. The cost of procuring the T-shirts has not been disclosed, but the average cost of printing a T-shirt in Ghana ranges between 20 to 60 series, depending each, depending on the quality, but with discounts based on number of printing. According to the Ministry of Education, currently there are 827,000 continuing students in the second and third SHS. And then an estimated 447 first-year students so far enrolled. So they basically just computed that using the average printing price of 30 per T-shirt, the free SHS T-shirts to be shared for the 1.2 million students could end up with government spending about 38 million. Now, the IC regional correspondent, Kojo Ansa, established that so far, 41,205 pieces of T-shirts have been distributed to about 100 public second cycle institutions in the eastern region, including technical and vocational education training institutions. However, when contacted, the PR officer of the GES at the Eastern Regional Directorate, Asiri Champong, denied knowledge of distribution of said T-shirts to any school. He said, what I'm aware of is branded cardigan of the various schools, but for free SHS T-shirts, I'm not aware. So if you can send a picture of it to me and the name of the school you took the pictures from. Not convinced by the explanation of the PRO, the correspondent approached the Regional Supply Officer of the Regional Directorate of GES, Daniel Aite, who is the distributing free SHS why on why is distributing free t-shirts which according to the pro gs has not sanctioned mr it is shocked by the statement of the pro placed the phone call to him he later explained that the t-shirts were brought from the free SHS secretariat late last year to be distributed to the students free of charge he said this region received forty-one thousand two hundred fifteen pieces as first consignment but because the stores were full decided to release it to the schools to use their discretion to share so basically they are saying the correspondent said he realized that t-shirts were being shared he confronted the GSPR who says he knows nothing about it. Then he went to the regional supply officer who says, Really? We, we, we are sharing the teachers. They send it to us from Accra. Now, some headmasters and teachers told Star News, even though the teachers are free for the students, the printing cost is not free. So it's a long story. We can get to the bottom of this uh, later yeah, on. Well, let's stay, let me stay with that and tell you about hot cars, mm-hmm. which could use some of that money being used for, to print T-shirts. It's rotting away. Mm-hmm. Legendary school. Mm. Well, according to the anchor, the situation at the school is not very good. Mm. Uh, it's a school located in the heart of the national capital, and the school is being forced to dismiss students anytime there's a slight hint of rain. Oh. According to a source who spoke to the paper on condition of anonymity, mm-hmm. this has been the case since the rains started. Oh, Charlie. So, the paper I, I think I saw I saw some photos, photos on yes. Facebook. Yes. So, so the roof of some parts of the school, yes. the roof is, is yeah, and you know, Hotcast is a big like it's it's an old school. It's mm. one of those schools, right? Let me give you a few Africa wide stories, but let me come to Kukui first, and I'll give you yes. a few Africa wide stories. Uh, the Yellow Crabber area. So security has been stepped up in the Yellow Crabber area in the eastern region to forestall any unexpected challenge to the staff of the ECG in replacing all postpaid meters with prepaid meters. Now remember, the residents of this area have been resisting getting these meters installed because they feel they should not have to pay the same electricity bills as everybody else mm-hmm. um, because of the land, their land they say was used for the building of the Akosombo Dam. So they say, Charlie, we know for pay this thing the way mm-hmm. everybody does. So anyway, the exercise began on Tuesday. Security agencies were to ensure there's calm in the area during the exercise. Customers who insist on using postpaid will be taken off the grid if they don't compli- comply. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mr. Anochi Abebrese of ECG stressed that the ECG has scrapped all arrears of customers in the Krobo area from the period between 2014 and 2017, but arrears accrued in 2018 to 2022 must be paid by customers with Within five years, we'll see how that goes. A few Africa-wide stories. Nigeria government 
is proposing to regulate social media platforms. They release new guidelines for the operation of social media multinationals in the country, including Facebook, Twitter, WhatsApp, and other platforms. The NITDA spokesperson said the new code was designed to protect the fundamental human rights of Nigerians and non-Nigerians living in the country, as well as define the guidelines for interacting in the digital ecosystem. Then, still on Africa, the same Nigeria loses $1.7 billion oil suit against JP Morgan. They had a court battle against the J.P. Morgan Chase Bank of Ice Road in the transfer of hundreds of millions of dollars to former oil minister Dan Ekete, who was accused of corruption. And then, still in Africa, do you have something else for me? Yes, uh, the police in Nigeria. Lots mm-hmm. happening. There's so much. The mass abduction report. So apparently, uh, the police they are investigating a reported mass abduction in the capital, Abuja. I'm telling now, you. This is normal in Nigeria, but to get 17 people kidnapped at the same time. It's crazy. It's crazy. Um, I'll wrap that up for you with another one that says we are committed to Rwanda asylum plan. That's yeah, but actually, UK's plan to deport asylum seekers to Rwanda is facing a legal challenge. And according to Dolce Vela, the first asylum seeker deportation flight from the UK to Rwanda was cancelled yesterday or on Tuesday after a ruling from the European Court of Human Rights. Now, the court issued the injunction to stop the deportation of a small number of asylum seekers who had reached the end of the road for their appeals. Mm. While the injunction, with the injunction leaving no passengers remaining, no plane to Rwanda ever took off. We'll keep an eye on this story. Just as two well. quick announcements for you. So, mm-hmm. uh, our good friend Professor Martin Otia Bebu. Geography. He's, yes, his inaugural lecture mm. is up. He's going to handle the topic double standard, single purpose, deconstructing the fence wall for sustainable municipal waste. There's a lot of inaugural lectures happening. Yes. Professor Yosin of uh, University of Ghana Medical School is also doing one yeah. in the coming days. And then today is 43 years since General Aiki Achampo died. Oh, wow. We'll bring you more on this and other issues. Coming up next is the City Business News. This is the City Breakfast Show, the city's biggest conversation. 7 o'clock, City Business News brought to you by MTN, Goyle and Enterprise Life. Beyonce is here with the news. Good morning. Good morning, Bernard, and good morning to you. Out there. Welcome to the breakfast edition of City Business News, proudly brought to you by MTN, Goyle and Enterprise Life, and powered by your most comprehensive business news website, citybusinessnews.com. Coming up, former Finance Minister Setekbe warns government against defaulting on Ghana's debt repayment. Also, Governor of the Bank of Ghana charges banks and other financial services providers to support the regulators' efforts at strengthening the digital finance ecosystem by adopting a forward-looking stance towards improved security of their channels. Let's bring you the details now. In our first story, former finance minister said Tekwe has warned that the worst thing that could happen to Ghana at this point as the economy strives to rebound will be to default on our debt repayment. The remarks were made as part of a dialogue on the state of the Ghanaian economy hosted by the former finance minister on the theme, inflation, exchange rate and budget challenge, which way out. The following report has more. Recent data released by the Bank of Ghana puts Ghana's total public debt stock as of March 2022 at 55.1 billion US dollars or 391.9 billion Ghana CDs. In CD terms, the total debt stock within the first three months of this year increased by about 40 billion Ghana CDs from 351.7 billion Ghana CDs in January 2022 to 391.9 billion Ghana CDs in March 2022 as a result of the depreciation of the city against the dollar. The high debt levels 
high interest payment realities of the country, coupled with other issues such as downgrades by ratings agencies, has seen the country locked out of the eurobond market. Some have charged government to go to the International Monetary Fund for policy credibility to pave the way for Ghana to return to the market. Responding to a question on whether or not Ghana needs to go to the IMF, former finance minister said Tepe warned that the key priority of government at this point should be on not defaulting on its debt repayments. I would rather sound a note of caution that the worst thing that could happen to us is to default. You know, given the fact that our turning to the domestic market, which I recall, there was a boost that we could finance the budget from the domestic market is not materializing, you know, um, because the, of the auction shortfalls and the rest. And remember, I hope I made this point, we should not confuse our inability to pay arrears and the building of arrears with austerity just because the cash expenditures are low. And that's why I'm all for looking at arrears. According to Mr. Tepe, government now needs to take drastic measures if it doesn't want to return to the Bretton Woods institution. Come up with a homegrown policy. The Deputy Minister mentioned a homegrown policy which, if does not succeed, my only worry is that I have not seen it. It may exist internally. Or if it exists in the budget, then from what I've expressed, you know, the markets don't have any confidence in it anyway. And so then we need to do something very drastic on our own, which will be laudable. Former Finance Minister said Tekbe ending the report. Now, Governor of the Bank of Ghana, Dr. Ernest Addison, has charged banks and other financial services providers to consolidate the regulators' efforts at strengthening the digital finance ecosystem by adopting a forward-looking stance toward improved security of their channels. According to him, this will accrue to the benefit of all stakeholders and enhance public confidence in electronic payment systems to boost financial inclusion. The Governor made the call at the launch of the Ghana Pay Mobile Money Service in Accra. The introduction of Ghana Pay is laudable, but there is room for expansion, and banks must step up efforts to digitize the value chain for both merchants and users through the digitization of payments to distributors, wholesalers, and retail outlets. Payments data provides deep insight into consumer and merchant behavior. Banks have an enormous responsibility to ensure that the data is not unsecured or mishandled. Data security, integrity, and privacy form the basis of trust, which is crucial for the functioning of the financial system. Going cashless is more than electronic payments. It should be about putting the consumer at the center of innovation for greater value creation in e-payment products that are competitively priced. While standardized and interoperable systems may enhance efficiency, it may also bring new forms of risk on account of the interlinkages. Banks must therefore ensure operational resilience and constantly strengthen the cybersecurity of market infrastructures and endpoints against cyber attacks. You have the Governor of the Bank of Ghana, Dr. Ernest Addison, also Chief Executive Officer of the Ghana Interbank Payment and Settlement Systems, Gibbs Archihese, also highlighted the need for more collaboration to transform and deepen the digital payments ecosystem. This initiative gives the banks the opportunity to have a platform that they can also start issuing mobile money wallet accounts to their customers and also uh, individuals who would otherwise uh, not be able to secure a bank account. So we are not totally relying on the fintechs and, mo- and the telcos. 
But now the banks currently, by virtue of Ghana Pay, will now have a platform to address the unbanked in the country. It's not a competition. What we need in this country is a wide variety for individuals to choose from. So as we speak now, um, going forward, if you want a mobile wallet account, mobile money account, you can decide if you want a telco one, you want a bank one, or you want a fintech one. The choice is yours. At least we have a wide range. You have to look at it and say to yourself that, oh, if I go for a bank-wide mobile money wallet, maybe they might give me better loans. If I go for a telco, maybe they might give me airtime and data. That was the Chief Executive Officer of the Ghana Interbank Payment and Settlement System, Gibbs, Archie Hesse. Now, for Ghana to be able to attract adequate investment into the country, efforts must be made to address many of the challenges investors have with bringing their resources into the country. Now, inflation, for instance, is at an all-time high at over 27%, a development that raises concerns for some investors. Now, speaking during the City Business Festival's on-air series on the topic Understanding the Ghana Finance Opportunity, acting head of markets at APSA Bank, Jacob Broby, stated that efforts must be made to address these challenges to improve investor confidence in the economy. Currently also uh, ESG uh, is becoming a topical issue globally and I think it's time for us also as a country to ensure that we put in place the right structures and measures so that we'll be able to attract for instance investors who want to invest in say green bond right so we need to put in place those measures and then be able to attract that kind of investment. But having said all that I think the key thing Mm. is for us to, um, for um, managers of the economy to continue to double their steps and address some of the challenges that, that give investors a headache. I think uh, there are concerns around um, the, the percentage of our domestic revenue that goes in interest payment, for instance, mm. which is over 40%, and people see that not to be sustainable. So that's important for us to work on. I think there's also concerns around the level of uh, revenue domestic revenue that we mobilize. Mm. So there's a need for government to double steps to ensure that we are able to more or less get more people into the tax bracket. Once we are able to do this, ultimately that will stabilize the, the, the market. Inflation probably will come down. Uh, currency will be stable. Then people will start to see real returns and it will make a lot of sense for them to invest into the country. So I think these are the things that we need to put in place in order to attract the investment that we are looking for now. That was the acting head of markets at APSA Bank, Jacob Brube, speaking on the City Business Festival's Honor Series. The full interview airs at 9 a.m. on the City Breakfast Show. Time now to join Gideon Amunichi of Data Bank for the latest update on the bonds market. Price gains recorded by nine bonds on the Ghanaian secondary bond market lowered the level of the Ditaban bond index on Monday. Consequently, the year-to-date loss on the index widened to 10.9%. The bears recorded a total market turnover of 650 million Ghana cities, propelled by trading in the March 23-year bond with an average indicative yield of 26.37% and the November 26-10-year bond with an average indicative yield of 27.24%. On the money market, an offer of 1.33 billion Ghana cities will be opened by the Ghanaian Treasury on Friday, 17 June, across the 91 day and the 92 day tenors. Proceeds will be used to refinance upcoming maturities worth 1.25 billion Ghana cities.
That was Gideon Amoniche of Data Bank, and that does it for the breakfast edition of City Business News, proudly brought to you by MTN, Goyle and Enterprise Life, your advantage and powered by your most comprehensive business news website, citybusinessnews.com. Do have a good business day. The City Breakfast Show. Rise above the noise. Twelve minutes past seven. City Breakfast Show, Thursday the sixteenth. City Business News brought to you by MTN. There are one hundred more reasons to buy your airtime with MTN Momo. Because we're giving you back a hundred percent bonus whenever you buy airtime from your wallet. That's two times the airtime you need. Schedule your airtime purchase of any amount daily, weekly, or monthly. Dial star one seven zero hack. Select option three. Follow the process or simply dial star one seven zero star three one one hash for a superb airtime purchase experience. So use Momo to get it. And with Enterprise Life, it's possible to live your best life. Ladies, enjoy a cover for your lifestyle with Bloom, life insurance for today's woman. Families, let's safeguard your well-being with your income security plan because family matters. Call 055-400-1924 or call 0307-08444. Enterprise, your advantage. Kickoff is next. If you're a government worker or private side worker, ready to go big with your passion, the shareholder has big news for you. Take a new loan between now and August. Receive a cashback reward. Go to appforms.leshareholder.com or call 0577-699-923. Leshareholder, let's improve life. The City Breakfast Show. Rise above the noise. So Nathan Kwao is uh, here on Thursdays. Thursdays is Nathan Kwao Day. Were you born on Thursday? No, I'm a Saturday boy. Oh, I see. Yes, well, I see. <laughs> what do you have in the sport? Well, Benjamin Azamati is running tonight in Oslo. Second part in the Diamond League. We'll get more about that. Kamal Dean and Felix Afinajan in the 100-man Golden Boy short list. Plus, La Liga says they are unhappy with Man City and PSG spending. And so they want the FFP rules slapped on these two clubs. We begin with athletics and Ghana's Benjamin Azamati will take part in this evening's men's 100-meter event in the Oslo leg of the Wanda Diamond League Athletics meeting. Now, he's run a personal best of 9.90 seconds this year, and that time earned him a spot in tonight's event where he will come up against some of the best sprinters in the world, including Andre de Grasse of Canada and Akani Simbini of South Africa. Azamati is using tonight's uh, event as part of his preps for the World Championships and the Commonwealth Games and the two events take part, uh, are, are going to be held Sorry, this year. He ran in lane 6 with Akane Simbini in lane 4, Degrasse in lane 5. Some of the other athletes in the race, Reese Prescott of the Great Britain and Sunny Brown of Japan. And uh, that race will be run at 6.39pm. So uh, wherever you are, try and see if you can catch those 10, 11 seconds of Benjamin Azamati. Let's see how he fares against some 
of the best athletes in the world. And talking about Ghanaian sportsmen matching up against their peers all over the world, uh, Kamal Din Suleiman and Felix Afinajan have been put in a 100-man shortlist for this year's Golden Boy Award. And they'll compete with some of the brightest talents uh, for the top award at the end of the year. For Kamal Din Suleiman, he's had a very, very good start in French football with Stadren. He helped them finish fourth. While Afinajan had a breakthrough season with um, AS Roma, he scored two, played 17, and helped them win the UEFA Europa Conference League. The list will be cut down as we go along, and at the end of the year, uh, the Golden Boy Award will be handed out for the best footballer under the age of 21. Now, Kamal Din and, and um, Felix Afanajan, they are part of the Black Stars and their head coach Otuado has admitted that he has a lot of tough decisions to make after the team's performance in the just-ended Kirin Cup in Japan. Remember, Ghana lost 4-1 to Japan and then beat Chile 3-1 on penalties to finish third. Otuado says the tournament was a great experience and it will help him put a few things right ahead of the uh, coming World Cup later this year. This tournament was good for us, just to, to, to get some questions answered. You know, it's uh, a lot of tough decisions to, to, to be made. Um, and overall, we, we did well. Um, due to the circumstances, especially in the first match, we, were, we could see that we were tired. It was a long flight, and we had two match, uh, matches before. So I think after Japan had the third goal, it broke us a little bit. Um, but in general, I, I have to say I'm, I'm satisfied. It's, it's, it's a thing we did well, you know. Um, this makes it difficult for me to, to choose the players for the next uh, next window. This will be September. That will be the last, last, last window for for um, for the World Cup. Um, but then the decision will be with me. And it's just details which we will decide um, which player will come or not. Black Stars head coach Otto Addo speaking there. Talking about the World Cup, one team that barely missed or narrowly missed out is New Zealand. Now, that team's head coach is Danny Hay. He says FIFA did not do too well as they put a, an official he believes to be or he believed to be incompetent in charge of that qualifier or that playoff with Costa Rica a few nights ago. Costa Rica won that game by one goal to nil to pick the last spot in the World Cup. Uh, New Zealand, they felt cheated by some of the referee's decisions. Referee Mohamed Abdullah Hassan from the UAE disallowed a New Zealand goal after consulting the VAR before sending off Costa Bar Barbaresis only nine minutes after he came on as a sub, a New Zealand boss Danny Hay was not a very happy man after that encounter. 100% when we saw the announcement, and then you looked at what Australia and uh, Peru had last night with good quality European officiating, and I thought, you know, FIFA have, have made a mistake there in such an important game. I think they've let us down. Um, by putting somebody in charge that clearly uh, has not officiated at, at this sort of level. New Zealand uh, head coach Danny Hay, they're very upset with referee Mohamed Abdullah Hassan of the UAE. Meanwhile, FIFA boss Gianni Infantino has a special message for all the 32 countries that have finally booked their tickets to Qatar. Remember, places 31 and 32 uh, were taken by New Zealand and Australia in the last few days because of the playoffs that had to be played in those days. And after the 32 places were taken, FIFA boss Gianni Infantino had a special thing to tell all the teams that are coming to Qatar later this year. So now we know the 32 countries who qualified for the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022. Congratulations to all of you and of course welcome to the fans of these 32 countries but to the fans from all over the world 
to uh, Doha in November and December of this year in a few months time to celebrate football, to live together the greatest show on earth and the best World Cup. FIFA boss Yanni Infantino then talking about uh, speeches of a welcoming type Nemanja Matic he has been speaking about his relationship with Jose Mourinho in who was sharing his uh, thoughts in his very first interview with AS Roma after he joined them remember Matic and Mourinho go together it's the third time he's been signed by Jose Mourinho remember Jose Mourinho took him to Chelsea brought him to Man United and now he's joined Jose Mourinho in the Italian capital of Rome it's not always easy to work with him. <laughs> he can be hard. <laughs> uh, he's a winner and he's exactly what I want uh, from from my coach and uh, it's exactly what I like to, to do in my, in my career is to win. And uh, he's a winner and uh, he transferred that energy to the players. And uh, as I said, I'm looking forward to start working with, uh, with the team, with him. And I hope that we can make uh, big things together. New Year's Roma midfielder Nemanja Matic speaking there. Let's get to Spain. And La Liga has stepped up its attack on Man City and PSG by filing a complaint to UEFA about what it believes to be financial fair play breaches. Now, La Liga president Javier Tebas has repeatedly attacked the two countries and he described them as state clubs and strongly criticized PSG over their new multi-million pound contract they gave Kylian Mbappe in May. Now, since uh, his last outburst, the Premier League side Man City have confirmed Erling Haaland signing from Borussia Dortmund. He'll be on a fat weekly wage of £375,000. And uh, the La Liga boss, Javier Tebas, is not very happy. But the interesting coincidence is that Real Madrid were interested in signing the two players. So people are wondering, is it a case of sour grapes or is it a case of somebody who just wants the right things to be done? in world football we wait to see what happens uh, to some tennis now and uh, the US Open will allow Russian and Belarusian players to compete later this year after deciding not to follow Wimbledon's lead in banning players from these two countries players from the two nations will have to compete under a neutral flag in New York it means that Russia's uh, number one uh, Daniel Medvedev can defend his title in New York now the United States Tennis Association says that it will continue to condemn the invasion of Ukraine by Russia but it will not allow or it will allow Russia and Belarusian um, athletes or tennis players who take part at flashing medals in New York a little later this year. We stayed in the United States and NBA's, the NBA final game six is happening early tomorrow morning, 1 a.m. That's Ghana time. The Boston Celtics will host the Golden State Warriors at the TD Garden. Can the Warriors close out the series or will the Celtics tie it up? Remember, if the Warriors win, they are NBA champions in six games. If the Celtics win, they tie the game and send it back to San Francisco for an epic game seven, which should be played around the 19th of June. Tomorrow morning on kickoff, we should bring you all the updates from that game because by then, we'll know whether we have a new NBA champ or we are heading to game seven of the 2020. 22 NBA finals and that's our kickoff for this morning probably brought to you by Lechego my name is Nathan Kwa many many thanks for listening we've got more sport for you on citysportsonline.com we have more sports news for you in our subsequent bulletins on radio and on TV do have a fantastic day stay safe take care please keep listening to the City Breakfast Show this is the City Breakfast Show the city's biggest conversation in my pain with his fingers singing my Killing me softly with his song Killing me softly with his
7.33 City Breakfast Show. Happy birthday to Ramatu Isa of Kaswa, Sec, uh, Kaswa Court Unit. From your husband, Detective Emmanuel Usu Dankwa of the Ghana Police Service. I love you for your big heart, the patience you show, an imperfect man like me, and for making everything right again. Happy birthday. And Ben, let me use this opportunity to welcome you to, uh, you, my love, to another amazing 365 years of your life. We will continue to grow in the grace, strength, and power of God. You will be lifted above all the earth, and God will place His hands on everything you do. The lines will fall on pleasant places for you. I love you. Have a happy, great birthday. <clears throat> From Delali and Nasara Wuzamanga. To the husband, who is also the prelate. And a big, big man. And Zim and Zim from the refugee camps. You know how we do. Why clap cries? Well, 
Ben are joined the Amevo family in celebrating their daughter's birthday, Loisena Malkia Amevo. We pray for God's protection, blessings, and wisdom for her. From her sister Phoebe Enyona Amevo. Happy birthday to Michael Nyako Mensa, an ardent listener of the City Breakfast Show. Great guy, God bless. Wishing the youngest regent of the Mampurugu Kingdom, Langbisi Kambona Bandana and Zin Wuzamanga. A happy birthday. Yeah, his wife sent one. Now this is coming in from Azure Imoro Abdullahi. May his reign be an inspiration for the youth of Mampurugu and Northern Ghana as a whole. I like the title. He's the youngest regent of the Mampurugu Kingdom. Lagminsi Kambona Bandana and Zim Wuzamanga. Oh, yes. Wishing the love of my life, Mr. Enoktete Amwate, a blessed happy birthday. Jading and Manuel wish you uh, well, Daddy. May you increase in wisdom, stature, and favor. From uh, yours truly, Mrs. Mary Amwate. Also wishing my sweet mother, Florence Linda Ishan, a happy 76th. I thank the Almighty God for her life and I pray for strength and many more years ahead. Love from Janet. Happy birthday to Lady Wendy of the Flagstaff House. To Mr. Frank Oku of Royal House Chapel International. And happy 15th to my son, Frederick Baffour, entry of Ghana Grace of God's Grace School, Tesano. From your mom, Boatema, your dad, Kennedy, a.k.a. Enye Easy, And your siblings, Vanessa, Kobe, and Angela. Not forgetting Adjoa, your cousin, with love. And a happy birthday to Michael Nyakomensa, another listener of the City Breakfast Show. Mm-hmm. Um, happy birthday to you. Uh, belated happy birthday also going out to Etonam. Toku, um, son of Mr. Richard Toku. Uh, congratulations as well. You recently um, graduated from the Ashesi University College. Um, Ashesi University, it's not a university college, proper, proper university fool. Mm. Uh, congrats to you, Etonam, and belated happy birthday to you. And also to Jerry Kwame Ayensu. Mm. Uh, Jerry, happy birthday to you. A belated one coming into ryan edem kodo of Accra research school you're 12 years old yesterday coming in from your dad kwesi kodo of afdb formerly of reuters it says uh, it wishes you all the best this is coming in from your dad and your mom as well to you ryan edem kodo you are 12 years old yesterday All right, so 7.38 on the City Breakfast Show. Now, yesterday we announced that uh, the latest calculations of the fuel people said that one, uh, is it one liter of petrol? was going to be sold at 11 cities and one liter of diesel was going for 13 because it's now 10 and 12 respectively and following the latest world price movement it's moving up all right now somebody is not happy so that the gentleman sent me a message very early in the morning you know why somebody sends you a message very early in the morning <laughs> 
Yeah, it, it tells you that they, they've been thinking about this pretty uh, uh, much. So it says, hello, Bernard. Petrol has risen above 10 cities a litre. And we are told it is caused by the Ukraine-Russian conflict. Today, the price of a barrel of oil is between $96 and $122. In July 2008, the cost of a barrel of oil was $145. At that time, we paid less than two cities. Hmm. What is going on? So this person is asking the question, and of course, I... It's a very interesting calculation to make. And my answer is that, well, it's not just the world price that determines what we pay. It's also the exchange rate. So if you can compare how much $1 was sold for in July 2008, it was probably a dollar to a CD. It's now eight CDs to a dollar. So there's been an eight-fold depreciation loss of value of the city to the dollar so yes even though the and i'm not justifying the 13 i mean my real question is by how much should this my question is like when will government take responsibility for this it's like why are you saying you have you can't do anything about it because you can't you know yesterday i had Kwedu speak in parliament when he was asked what they should do or what they could do about the the fuel price and he did give me that voice he spoke in the news this morning the deputy minister. i was like well the petroleum price has been deregulated so it has nothing to do with them and it's market forces, market forces. Okay. and i'm saying that's just half of the story that's not true yes there's been deregulation but there's something you can do about it just that so you can't say it's like part of the statement is true part is not true the deregulation is true so girl can decide what to charge mobile can decide what to charge shell can decide what to charge but over 30 something percent of what we pay is in taxes and you are government you can do something about it so don't tell me you can't do anything about it if you reduce the tax imagine if you re- if you remove the tax do you think total will say well we won't re- we don't reduce the tax or shell will say or, or, or allied oil will say we don't reduce the tax you get me so it's almost like he's saying two things in one sentence yes it's true you deregulated so there are marginal differences between what goyle will charge and what total will charge but the truth is that the tax build-up is part of the problem as we are speaking you will pay 11 cities per liter per liter imagine when we picked up a gallon those days do you know what a liter is <laughs> you know a liter when i was in legon coca-cola and fanta introduced coca-cola one liter so essentially three small coke bottles the normal glass bottle is 330 centiliters so when you move when you put three coca-cola bottles the old ones together that's one liter so usually the coca-cola one, one liter when i was in legon it was very popular so you, you buy it with uh, fried uh, bread and fried egg it was the delicacy for the evening i don't know about you but like when i was in the university that was the evening meal okay egg and bread oh it was beautiful and fanta too they had one liter so when you're your roommates go and buy coca-cola one liter and you put it in the fridge and then you do and fry the egg the fried egg the woman is amazing she can fry it for like 50 people and she was so skillful she was like i forget her name she was a lake there was a i remember f- the name of mine she was called rose there's Queen a space there's a space between the basketball auditorium the basketball place and then legon hall annex a yeah. and the central calf oh my god night market it was good one liter of petrol 
is 11 cities. Mm -hmm. One liter of diesel is 13 cities. So, if the minister is saying, because we've deregulated, we can't do anything about it, I beg to differ. Let's hear him properly. Sanctions and boycotts on petroleum export from Russia, a major exporter of this state, especially to Europe, are reducing availability even further and intensifying upward pressure on fuel prices. Under the current deregulated regime in Ghana, where government is not responsible for determining the prices of petroleum products, rises in petroleum product prices on the global market and the depreciation cost of Ghana's city against the US dollar are passed on directly to the end consumer. During our short stay in power, I just can't. I just can't. I just can't. I just for determining the price i beg to differ i beg to completely differ the tax was not set by the omcs the tax was not set by the private sector the tax was not set by the media houses the tax was set by government in fact parliament was part of the tax build-up so it's an irony for him to say in parliament that because of supply, da 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 da. In a deregulation, government no, don't mix the two issues. Yes, we are in a deregulated era. So if God wants to reduce his margin to get more customers, they can. But the 13 cities we are paying, and I know I'm sound like a broken record. I've done this many many times, but trust me, it's important to repeat that the reason we are paying the amount we are paying is not just because of the reasons he gave. It's because. From the calculations we've done, a very large chunk of that 13 cities is going back to government in taxes. Some of which are names which have been conjugated from previous names. All kinds of recovery taxes, all kinds of debt taxes, all kinds of levies in the 13 and the 11. So please don't say you can't do anything about it. You can stop telling us you can't do you you see politicians are very interesting people they use petrol to do politics and huh? they want to say you know what Charlie, guys this petrol thing when we do politics with it, it it affects governance because the exposure to petroleum is too high so they came together in a truce i think at that time musa saga was the head of mp and they said you know what we are going to do deregulation and they came together for once and they agreed that we deregulate and even that they didn't stop politicizing it too. they politicized it subtly but this is not politicization. You cannot tell me that you can't do anything about 11 cities. I mean, even if you have a 1.8 liter tank, everybody sitting here, your petrol is not even at half tank. Maybe except Liberty. <laughs> I mean, I, 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 and, and what, you know what shocked me? I didn't hear the full debate. Maybe Duke can help me. I didn't hear anybody debating. Where is the outrage in Parliament? Hey, today 13 cities is not an issue. 11 cities is not an issue today because it's not election year. What are you telling me? Diesel has 71% tax. 
inflation for me. Petrol, 61% inflation for me. Why is the outrage from the parliamentarians? And the minister said, oh, we are in the deregulate. I mean, look at the short answer. I want to play the answer again. It's very short, very brief. And they move, quickly move on to something else. We we'll move on. You have to reduce the price. Listen to what the man said. Sanctions and boycotts on petroleum export from Russia, a major exporter of this state, especially to Europe, are reducing availability even further and intensifying upward pressure on fuel prices. Under the current deregulated regime in Ghana, where government is not responsible for determining the prices of petroleum products, rises in petroleum product prices on the global market and the depreciation cost of Ghana's city against the US dollar are passed on directly to the end consumer. So the, the other question is, you know, so a lot of things are in that thing, depreciation. So the gentleman who sent the question this morning and said, how come when fuel was $145 in 2008, we're not paying this amount? Well, the currency depreciation is the leading factor behind this, in addition to the tax buildup, both of which are not the fault of the end user. You know, when it suits the government, they say, oh, tax to GDP is very low. We don't pay tax. Ghanaians are not tax. Meanwhile, they're referring to direct taxes. The component of indirect taxes we pay is very high. You know? So, I think in this fiscal environment we are in, the government has to take responsibility for the petrol prices. You can't tell me that because you're in a deregulated space, you just keep passing on the price to us. Meanwhile, when the price comes down on the world market, we don't get a windfall. I think this is completely bad. You know, it is. I, I think it's unconscionable. I don't have the English words to use. Kojo, I don't know if you've done the calculation. If you look at the the, the price buildup, X pump. I think over thirty percent of that is taxes. Yep. So to use supply shocks russia ukraine something something and then say deregulation and therefore you can't do you can you can do a lot of things i i don't have time i would have gone through the taxes again but i really want the minister to come again honestly i i i i i i i, I am i am i am i am not accepting that explanation that we are in a deregulated market so you can't do anything about it so if it gets to 15, you charge us 15. If it gets to 20, you charge us 20. Do you know what do you know what the thing was at the beginning of the year? What was that at the beginning of the year? Um, it was like six or something. Yeah. Imagine January, you are paying six Ghana CDs per liter of petrol. In May, you are paying eleven Ghana CDs. Diesel was six. You are paying thirteen. What's today's date? Today is sixteenth June. So um 2021, 1st to 15th June, the price was 6.2 Ghana cities per liter for petrol. 16th June to 30th June, the price was 6.3 cities. So a year ago, we we're paying 6.3 cities. So it's doubled for petrol in a year. Almost. Is there any positive thing your ladder has doubled? <laughs> Salary? The grace of God. <laughs> No, this is I, I I really want you see, I, I want the government to take responsibility and reduce the taxes. You know, I I, I, I I really don't understand why how long you want because 
all the things happening around people are struggling stop pushing stop using big english to tell us that deregulation deregulation but you've put taxes what do you mean what do you mean deregulated what what are you talking about like stop using technical jack like what's the difference okay what's the difference between what girl charges and what total charges and what allied oil charge the margin six of one half a dozen of the other it's, it's really nothing everywhere you go you pay 11. so what's the reason by the regulation so are you are you telling me that the reason i'm suffering is because of the point one that somebody's charging or the point zero one there isn't even a one percent difference in the prices maybe girl girl sometimes decides that they will not increase the price but even girl is 11. so what are you saying and you see diesel has a push through effect you see what i'm saying we even help the government themselves diesel is very important in terms of its pass on effect in industry do you understand so if diesel is 71 percent inflation now you are charging 13 for diesel which used to be at six you are going to make cost of everything higher so you are going to so your bank of ghana reducing a uh, raising interest it's not going to work because diesel is going to clear all of that so you see you are taking with your left hand the tax but you are losing the the value of the money in inflation and if you look at the drivers of inflation transportation is almost 40 percent what is pushing transportation it's fuel food is over 30 percent what is pushing food it is fuel the lead drivers of inflation are all fuel induced so if you keep pushing the cost to us your efforts to fight inflation will keep going down and you are not going to succeed so i really i i, I was hoping there will be a rigorous debate in parliament i'll hear discussions around the cost benefit which taxes can we reduce nothing so maybe we should take out the special petroleum tax ah. energy sector recovery levy ah. sanitation and pollution levy ah. energy fund levy ah. road fund levy five energy debt recovery levy six charlie the energy debt recovery levy and energy sector recovery levy no no i want you to go through the list again <laughs> first one is what okay so f- the first one is energy debt recovery levy one it is 49 pesos per liter look at that mm. number two road fund levy how much mm-hmm. 48 pesos per liter number three energy fund levy mm-hmm. one peso per liter hey, baby. Which price one? stabilization and recovery levy what does it, that even mean it ensures that we stabilize the prices <laughs> <laughs> like I, I mean how's the logic like you are paying so in a time like this that should be able to cushion us a bit Look, but how, so that we don't i don't even understand and how much is that about a month or two ago how, 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 that too. how much is that that is 16 pesos then that's number four what's number five sanitation and pollution levy look at where we are <laughs> eight pesos. pesos what 10 pesos that's number five energy sector recovery levy i mean 20 pesos so just i mean six Special petroleum oh lord 46 pesos seven there's our margins for the seven industry taxes on one product if you add those taxes and remove it per liter how much are you saving you save me at least a cd or more if probably two oh, or three cities save close to two cities yes close to two cities. so please stop telling me that we are in a deregulated environment hey so who put the taxes there we will not be deceived though we will not this we will not t- parliament to go back and reduce that thing that we are in a deregulated environment and therefore the pass through effect and because of the uh it's deep depreciation and because of the russia something something then you talk getting quickly you no know, then they play commercial break then they run away 
government reduce the prices of petroleum products or reduce take away the taxes which of them that's their responsibility 11 cities for petrol is not sustainable 13 cities for diesel it is going to cause economic calamity remove the tax cut government salary cut government something else stop traveling stop spending money on conferences cut it stop charging people 13 cities for diesel it's not right we can't survive people will die they should read parliament should debate it this is a big it's the biggest issue in ghana today 13 cities <coughs> hey diesel diesel so when you are going to do any engine any generator anything 13 per liter one liter or three small coke bottles 13 cities hey no okay let me let you come in with jumia because the thing is getting is raising my temperature yeah. 13 cities and we said deregul what deregulation what what do you mean by deregulation ah please reduce the thing you have seven taxes with names which are relatives of each other. I mean, you have a special tax on energy recovery. Then you have a debt recovery. Then you have a levy. I mean, what are you talking about? Like, you are just creating the tax and putting it there. You are telling me it's deregulation. What do you mean you are deregulation? What's the difference between the debt recovery levy and the energy recovery levy? What's the difference between that? One, Why do I even have to think about such things? One is a sector recovery level. One is you are you every problem you push it onto us. When there's a benefit, you take it to yourself as government. When there's a problem, you create e levy, you create tax. We we should we die? How much do you even pay the ordinary Ghanaian? Look at the roads we use. Look at how people go in motorway; they can't even get to work on time. No food. Then you the every day you are raising tax. Look at the number of cars there. Sell those cars. Look at all the videos you are sitting in. Then you say we that we should pay. Why we don't we that don't we have uh, children? When you travel, you travel first class. You don't pay uh, uh, this thing rent. Then we we will even have money for rent. Then now I say we should pay thirteen cities. We won't pay. Remove that thing. Parliament, go back and tell him you agree. We won't pay anything. What? Did they, then we we'll go to fifteen. What are you talking about? I mean, how can we survive? This is not the government must reduce the something. Remove the taxes. Pass it somewhere. Postpone it. Go and borrow money. We don't care. We are not going to pay that thing. We can't pay. We are going to destroy the economy. And you say, oh, we have deregulated. You live down what? Go and re-regulate. That's why you are there. You, you, you cannot, you will not, you will not hide from this. You have to deal with it. Because fuel prices are inflationary. It's going to cause transportation, food. People are struggling. If you don't know, I'm telling you, people are struggling. So take responsibility. Speaker of Parliament, call the minister and ask him what they can do. Don't sit there and tell me you use big English. Direct what? Well, Bernardino, um, let me tell you about the Jumia 10th anniversary. So their 10th anniversary is here. You can celebrate and enjoy amazing deals on your favorite brands. Download the Jumia app now. To participate in the treasure hunt, daily flash sales and more, just download the app. You are partnering with Samsung, Absolute and Unilever. Those are the partners for the Jumia 10th anniversary. Remember, you can still enjoy free delivery in Accra and Kumasi on thousands of items. Jumia, your everyday delivered.
And at Shell, your satisfaction is what we value most. And that's why Shell Fuel Save has been designed to offer all the good things you and your car deserve for a smoother journey. Shell Fuel Save is designed to improve your engine efficiency and prevent the buildup of deposits and protect your engine from wear and corrosion. All of this is possible with Shell. So switch to Shell Fuel Save today and go further for longer on the road. Shell Fuel Save, designed to last longer. And if you want to deposit cash at your convenience, you can now do that at select Zenith Bank ATMs nationwide. Simply visit Zenith Heights, Techi Plaza, Spintex Road, Sunyani, Tamale, and the Ahojo branches of Zenith Bank to deposit your cash at a Zenith Bank ATM. Cash deposits in the ATMs are fast, easy, and convenient. Zenith Bank, in your best interest. And reserve a Dodoa Hills premium plot located at Dodoa near the Dodoa Fire Service today and enjoy secured gated community living with swag. Just pay a 5,000 Ghana CDs deposit to reserve Dodoa Hills plot and spread the balance within one year to own your premium plot today. You can also pay 5% of the total amount to reserve our three and four bedroom executive houses located at North Ligon and spread the balance within three years. Call 540 or go to dodoahillsgh.com for more details. And Miss Cookie is truly a savior in the kitchen. In the past, you go to the corner store to buy your onion, papushito, garlic, ginger, etc. Now, Miss Cookie has single serve and single use packs. Just pick one from your freezer and cook. It's 100% natural ingredients. Products include pure ginger, pure garlic, kilowile and tilapia seasonings and so much more. Call 0200-365-997. Miss Cookie is opposite the Absa Bank at American House or on Facebook and Instagram. Reduce the taxes, so reduce the taxes. Seven taxes on one product, average of about 40 something pesos per liter. Reduce the taxes. 13 cities for a liter of diesel is unsustainable. We will die. Reduce the taxes. Reduce. Maybe some people don't buy petrol, so they don't know. We it, reduce the taxes. It's, we are, our businesses are suffering. We are suffering too much. We are suffering too much. Ah, reduce the tax. Please go back and meet and discuss it. Table it. MP for where? Where do I even live? Adenta. Go and table it. Go and table it and question and debate it. Don't hide under anything. Go and de- de- you can't run away from this. Parliament, you are there. When it's you, you wait, 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 wait. People are paying eleven. They are sitting there saying what? Table it and call the Minister of Finance, Minister of Energy. Let's have a committee to discuss the possibility to save the Ghanaian. Ghanaians are suffering too much. Ah, rent is high, fuel is high, food is high, everything is high. Then you are sitting there using deregulation. Who did the why? Did somebody put the gun here to do deregulation? Isn't it you who decide to deregulate? Please, let's stop joking with Ghanaians. Let's do the work. Let's reduce the thing. It's too bad. Ah. Anyway, it's time for uh, tech and social media trends. And the current is wearing uh, 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 this thing is laughing at me. You don't know how. Anyway, it's brought to you by Cal Bank and Vodafone. Yes, and Vodafone's Vodafone Cash. You can get a Vodafone Cash overdraft even if you don't have enough credit on your phone. It allows you to complete your Vodafone transactions and you can access additional funds. Just dial star one ten hash and select option five. That's Vodafone Cash overdraft. And Cal Bank wants to remind you that we don't just think about your business; we support you and your business, no matter how small it may be. To learn more about our business and SME solutions, call us toll-free on 0800 500 500. 
Calbank forward together. All right, so Daniel Cranting is here. It's time for tech and social media trends. Daniel, take it up. Um, good morning, Bernard. Um, Accra flat is in the trends. Uh, yeah, yesterday it rained. And uh, floods all over. Taxes are everything is high. When you rinse five minutes too, actually, <laughs> you drive in the rain, your car is full. Everything is basa. Mm. Um, Tamale is also in the trends. Um, this is because of a, a pro LGBTQI billboard now. It was mounted in Tamale. And then uh, within hours, it was removed by angry residents. So um, that is trending. The video and pictures are on social media. Uh, Madra Safu is also in the trends. Uh, she's been summoned to appear before the Privileges Committee on July 6th. It's because of her continuous absenteeism. She's not the only one. Um, Kennedy Ejepong and uh, Henry Korte have also been summoned. Um, also in the trends is... Uh, why, why is Safu trending? Uh, because of her summon. To the, uh, Are you sure that's why she's trending? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I thought there's a video of her singing. Mm-hmm. Because I've seen people the, the, the two coincided, uh, and they also yesterday we even did something on her constituency, mm, so yeah, she's in the news yeah, for a lot. A because on my thing, she was number one. Mm. Mm. Asafo was number one on. Yeah. She's uh, dropped a bit. Yes, last night she was number. Ah, one. Okay, that's a, okay. Yeah. Um, Mills is also in the trends. Uh, that's great. Lamtemios as a school, um, social media influencer Kali J. He asked the question. Uh, which school had the most hype back in the day? And it uh, looks like great Lamtemios is in the trends. If you remember, most of those, I'm, I'm very sure that if Lamtemios were still doing what they were doing then, by now there would have been a song for the Accra Flats. They did a song for almost everything. Oh, really? Yeah, for uh, tuberculosis, there was an HIV <laughs> song uh, all over this year. So um, that is also in the trends. Since I'm tech news, after 25 years, after 25 years, my, my, uh, Microsoft, they finally. Uh, retiring the Internet Explorer. Now, oh, yeah. So it has hung this. Wood. Basically, it's not seen top. <laughs> so, <laughs> but speaking of which, which is the which is the most used Chrome, right? Yeah, Google Chrome. Chrome has taken over. Safari and then Firefox. Firefox. Yes. People used to joke that the Explorer was only good for downloading other. Uh, browsers. <laughs> so when you buy a new machine, they used to download. You go to Explorer, download Mozilla Firefox, Chrome, or some other. We are not there not to assume. Explorer, Explorer did its job. It explored, <laughs> so the others could build. But we know that there are a lot of uh, computer users these days who don't know what Internet Explorer. I'm sure is. if you ask <laughs> children who are studying ICT <laughs> to name three browsers, they don't even know. It won't come. Interesting thing is that in 2004 they had 95% of the market. 95%. So that's when I was in my final in the university. Yeah, 2000. They had 95%. Yeah, that was just nine years into their. Uh, mm. their lunch it means you should be careful though. Serious, no. nobody wins forever mm. so they retired they, they hey. so they hung up their throw in the towel it's okay it's okay join the conversation on the City Breakfast Show on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash city 97.3 Twitter at twitter.com forward slash city 973 and Instagram at instagram.com forward slash city 973 with the hashtag city CBS This is the City Breakfast Show the city's biggest conversation Unleashing the power of relevant radio this is City 97.3. Teachers are suffering. Teacher trainees are suffering. Nurses are suffering. And nursing trainees are suffering. 
Patients are suffering, students are suffering, traders are suffering, pensioners are suffering, drivers are suffering, contractors are suffering, civil servants are suffering, and farmers are suffering, fishermen are suffering, and industries are suffering. Artisans are suffering and Kayaye are suffering. The disabled are suffering and men are suffering. Women are suffering and children and Ghanaians as a whole are suffering. You're gonna walk the talk and talk the walk. You're gonna walk the talk and talk the walk. You're gonna walk the talk and talk. My brothers and my sisters. You're gonna walk the talk and talk the walk. You're gonna walk the talk and talk the walk. You're gonna walk the talk. Can I get a, can I get a witness? Time check, it's 12 minutes past 8. And I just want to recap that we are not, we are, we are basically saying that the 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 level that fuel prices have reached, we cannot afford to keep saying the same things. We are in a deregulated market. There are supply shocks honestly you know let's debate it if the government believes that they have an argument that they cannot reduce fuel prices they should come and let's debate it you've put seven taxes on one product when there's a windfall you don't give it to us you've i mean you is it because you think we don't read what are you talking about 13 cities per liter of diesel food prices food inflation almost 30 percent Transport forty percent, and you, you you are and you are there in Parliament, happy. I wonder whether the thing was even debated. Where is the anger? Fewer prices. Come on, the government has to come. I mean, what is sanitation levy doing there? What is special petroleum tax still doing there? All these recovery levies. What are they recovering? The stabilization. Okay, if you have a stabilization levy, you you were you were at six point two June last year. You are at 13 today. What are you stabilizing? You are just ripping us off. And you are telling me you are stabilizing what? <coughs> the average Ghanaian salary can't even fuel your, pet, your, your car for one week. Mm. And you are telling me you are stabilizing fuel. And it's affecting food. Condo inflation is 61%. Do you know what condo is? Look, maize is 61% inflation. Condo is 61%. So even condo, you do uh, uh, kinky. Hmm. And the, the, the drivers of inflation, if you pick all those factors, yesterday it was food and fuel. So fuel on its own, fuel affecting food, fuel affecting transport. This should be a national emergency. Listen to Kwesi Botio two days ago. You should get Kwesi Botio's voice and listen to what he said at the book launch. And we are just there. You understand? It's like there's no... I don't even sense the agency. What are we doing? What are we doing? This, this is, you know, the situation is untenable. The government must give relief to the citizens. They must find a way. When they want to do things that are important, they find a way. Find, the citizens are suffering. I'm telling you. And I when they want to do things that are important to them. Yes, they, when they want to do things, fine. <laughs> this, they, they, you cannot tell me that we cannot find a way to reduce your taxes. You can. You have to. You, and, and don't use deregulation. Don't you? Because the deregulation is neither here nor there because there is really no difference in the prices anyway. The degrees of freedom of the OMCs is very small. 
when they when they apply the taxes which are statutory and they apply the margins which some of which are justified there's nothing really they can do there's nothing really they can do the government must have a conversation with the people of ghana about cost of living yesterday we we're talking about i mean somebody called and said he, he gets three thousand cities or something four thousand they, they they take a loan and about two thousand five hundred is going to servicing the loan look at the interest rate in our I mean, in which country will people be paying the whole of west africa nobody ha- has higher interest rates than ghana are we the only country with uh, with uh, with effect of ukraine war there's no country in west africa that pays that has our, our monetary policy rate is higher than all the monetary policy rates in, in west why what is what why why are things to us somebody has to take responsibility there are structural problems oh that's why we put you there to solve them if there are structural problems that's why we give you four years and another four to solve it so don't tell me there are structural problems solve the problem come up with a conver- have a conversation with us lead by example we cannot we, for me we, we are you see when people criticize and people talk about their people are really suffering take a mic to the street and ask people how they survive things are difficult so don't don't obfuscate the issues take responsibility and give the people relief because it gets to a point people cannot take it so you have to do preemptive preemptive reductions you do things that show that you are you you want to have, uh, alleviate the plight of the Ghanaian. that's what you do people are really going through even we who are supposedly like high income earners compared to the average Ghanaian. i mean look look at look at us and the companies are also struggling taxes everywhere you know and the 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 the, 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 the petroleum sector is a complete you, you can't even refine your own uh, oil you know toys there they are just i don't know what they are doing then you all the barrels of oil produced you own probably only 20 percent these are the issues you must deal with reduce the thing you can't have a revenue mindset for everything tax 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 no you said you were going to remove the unproductive taxes that's what you said you promised that you were going to remove taxes you said that uh, you were going to move from a, a period of taxation to um uh, what do you call it productivity look at the number of taxes on petroleum haven't they been increased so what are you saying when you're saying i'm moving from taxation to productivity you are taxing more just and your 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 productivity is going down the world Bank released a report last week and said our competitiveness in merchandise production and export is down so we are not even competitive in production we have gone through decades of what is called de-industrialization what are we producing we can't even refine our own oil we can't ref- cocoa what are, what are we doing solve the problem that's why you are there it's difficult yes that's why i'm not there i'm already you are in government solve it but i'm telling you people are suffering and i'm not even making jokes about it people are going through the times are tough food is difficult to get salaries are not increasing fuel prices are high the fact that you're in parliament driving a v8 doesn't mean and you don't go through the problems we go through look at the road we used to come to work look at could just show the video last week look at the road it's like somebody's building a road and because of that there's you can't even move it rains for five minutes everything is basa yet we live we are we our leaders they want to you want to have world-class travel if you want to live like a king let your citizens also enjoy do you go to go to our go to a go to a chimota hospital and go and stand there for two hours with a microphone 
and ask people. People sometimes people call me in the night. My sister is dying. They say there's no bed. Call somebody in Kolebu. Why? Then we do it. We have NHIS. We have this. Go to a typical hospital. Go to go to Konfanochi. And go and spend one hour just standing there observing people. How they pay for their sicknesses. People are struggling. Deal with it. Let's not stop the jargon and things and stop those things that uh, we, are, we are doing what? 13 cities for a liter of diesel. Have you seen that in your life? Convert that to old Ghana cities. Convert 13 cities to old Ghana cities Kufo time. Before Kufo came. That's like somebody's salary. In those days. And it's a serious situation. The government cannot keep passing the fuel. They have to have a conversation with us about how to reduce the taxes. They have to. Find a way. I don't know how, but they have to. You, you, they have to. You know, you're talking about government doing something. And I know this comparison. People will say, oh, these people, they are far better off. But for me, the principle counts. Now, on May 25 this year, Sky News published a story. And they said, government poised to announce multi-billion pound cost of living package. So this is in the UK. Now, um, Rishi, the story reads, Rishi Sunak is on course to announce a multi-billion pound financial package to help with the cost of living just the day after the anticipated Sugri report. Now, the Chancellor is meeting with Prime Minister Boris Johnson tomorrow, which was May 26, to sign off the package, which could include a new windfall tax, help with fuel bills, and assistance for the most vulnerable. Now, Mr. Johnson is understood to be very keen to be able to announce the significant spending package before MPs disappear for the recess after Thursday. It's not... The two countries are not the same financially, but you talk about relieving people and the principle is the same. In other And, and places, you see, other that tax they introduce is a progressive tax. Here, all the taxes you do are regressive. If you charge tax on petrol, it's a regressive tax. You have properties in the millions. Go and see billboards in Accra. People are selling a one square something something for 500,000 CDs. It's on billboards all over. You say property tax, you are working on modalities to collect it. You were able to pass E-Levy quicker than you did property tax. How do you want me to believe that you care about poor people? Do you understand? How long did, they, did What kind of resistance did you face for E-Levy? You collected it. Go to go and stand in Accra and look at the billboard. They are advertising million dollar houses. Property register. Properties. How much have they collected? So, in countries which care about citizens, when people are going through tough times, they pass progressive taxes where they say the rich must contribute more. But here, we the poor are the ones paying everything. Fewer tax is a regressive tax. Almost all the, even E-Levy is a regressive tax, if you want to be very strict about it. Do you get me? So let's deal with the issues. Let's, and see, let's know, let's use the numbers to make the argument. Let's use the numbers to make the, and your, your, the seven taxes on petroleum, it does, it, you can't justify it. Seven, wh- I mean, what's it, wh- why, you just create a tax and give it a name. Energy sector recovery levy, energy levy recovery, so what is that? Special petroleum tax, it's a uh, sanitation tax, national something. You just create the thing, put something there, and then it's not. It's not going to work. There, 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 there has to be a, a a a meeting of minds. Somebody has to intervene. The government has to make a, a difficult decision, make an announcement in parliament about the taxes. Offer us a meaningful relief package. We don't want window dressing. Be mindful of the stones you throw. 
Alright, so um, this is still the City Breakfast Show. It's 8.23. Let me come to go quick for a couple of quick announcements. Yes, and for all of you men here in the studio and men listening, Father's Day is Sunday. Have you forgotten? Please remember, Father's Day is just a few days away. You're already fretting over what to get your father or father figure for the celebration. Say to yourself, not another aftershave. Don't worry, GCP has got your back. They've got prestigious Dumas fabrics as the perfect gift for this year's Father's Day. Just pick from six distinct designs that are an embodiment of creative thoughtfulness that will appeal to and excite the man of many desires. Choose the new Dumas collection as a Father's Day gift, and I can assure you, you'll be glad you did. You can order by contacting 0509-940-949. Keep the Father's Day feeling flowing. Order from GTP today. Trust me, you'll get a big hug from him. Now talking about Father's Day, Pediasi Valley Resort is organizing a very great event with former President His Excellency John Kufour there. That's on the 19th. Now he talks about fatherhood coupled with the wild selection of delicacies on the buffet table at the Sycamore Hall at an exclusive rate of 300 CDs per head. If you are interested, call 540 or find them on social at Pidjasi Valley Resort and it's probably event uh, probably brought to you by Caveman Watches over haircut Mr. R2G Tev Gandor and Accra Brewery Limited and people are always searching for convenience a simple and easy life and with Pukua you get just that Pukua is a virtu- virtual assistant from Star Assurance she gives you the ability to be anywhere and still purchase or renew your motor insurance at any time she responds quickly and effectively to your specific needs and she's here to cater for you and make your life easier. Chat with Pokua today on WhatsApp number 0242-436-160. You can also dial short code star 713 star 222 hash. Star Assurance, your solid partner. Now, Jumia's 10th anniversary is here. Celebrate with us and enjoy amazing deals on your favorite brands. Download the Jumia app now. Now, there's a treasure hunt and to take part in that, uh, in addition to the daily flash sales and more. Uh, gold partners are Samsung, Absolute, and Unilever. Remember, you can still enjoy free delivery in Accra and Kumasi on thousands of items. Jumia, your everyday delivered. Four states in the U.S. have approved what is called a gas tax holiday. Mm. Connecticut voted a gas tax of 25 cents per gallon for three months, starting April and running through June. The sales tax holiday could save some drivers around $34 based on the average number of miles the residents drive. Georgia state gas has been suspended since March 18 and will remain in effect through May 31. The suspension eliminates a 29.1% per gallon tax on motor fuel. The sales tax holiday could save Georgia drivers about $23 based on the average number of miles they drive. Maryland gas tax holiday went into effect on March 18 and will last for 30 days through April 16. The tax suspension applies to 36.1% per gallon on motor fuel. New York gas tax holiday will start June 1 and last through the end of the year. The suspension applies to the 16 cents per gallon tax on motor fuel. The sales tax holiday could save the average New York driver about $28 based on average number of miles. Private members bill. MP. Go and join other MPs and say, let's ask for a suspension of some of the taxes for even six months calculate how much it will save Ghanaians. do it do it if you care about it we'll do it if you are so concerned about Ghanaians, call other members of parliament do a private members to say minister of finance we want to propose that the three of the tax components be suspended for six months 
so that when Ghanaians get relief and things get back to normal, we'll bring it back. If you care about Ghanaians, do that. If the government will not do it, uh, MP do it. MP do it. There are so many issues that are unfair about the way we are taxed in Ghana. So many indirect taxes. Very retrogressive. Every country, the, you see, when you do income tax, income is proportional. You earn 10,000, you pay 10%. 10%. Yeah. But if we are paying sales tax, VAT, uh, petroleum tax, everybody pays the same. So it's regressive, which is why the government's failure to do the property tax hurts me so much. We interviewed Mr. Safumafu here like three years ago. He said they were working on property tax up to today. Are you, tell, are you telling me that it's harder it's to pass property tax last, than to... It's been in the last three budgets. Yes, so if you if you do this, then you can't say, oh, we are... You, it means you are not committed. You are not... If, because you, you buy their food, you will know. Them the yes. Most. How many of us have houses that we pay property... It affects them the most. Yes, so it, it the, 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 the conversation is that cost of living in Ghana is too high. Is Interest rates don't make sense. Inflation rate is too high. Taxes are too many. And the petroleum price buildup is the main culprit. Which is which is why you also don't get the rigor you are demanding from both government and parliament. Because they do not experience... They don't. They, 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 they live in a different reality. Okay. Even see, if they do, not on the scale that others... Coffee, I'm saying to you that... And you see, if you don't take care... Look, everything that we go through in Ghana, there are... Of course, in every country, there are differences. But I'm saying that in terms of afford affordability, Ghana doesn't make sense. Yes. Because I've checked the numbers. Look, me, since 2006, we've been doing some work on interest rates. Even in 2006, apart from Brazil, Ghana had the highest interest rate spreads. Okay. City depreciation. It, it, we've made lectures. The city is still depreciating. As we speak, it's about eight cities. So in Ghana, interest rates don't make sense. Inflation doesn't make sense. Depreciation doesn't make sense. Now, all these things are eating at our incomes. Now, let me tell you something. All these things are... You see, and Godfrey, if you, if you think about these three things, interest rates, inflation, and depreciation, it whittles almost everything you earn. Yeah. Then you add to that increase in fuel prices. Fuel and diesel is particularly painful because whether it's a generator, whether it's a, a car, whether it's a truck, all the machines that are in the productive sectors. So, if you're a business in Ghana, you are paying more for generator because of diesel. You pay, in fact, businesses in Ghana pay more for electricity, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. they pay more for rent in dollars. Mm -hmm. Government says you didn't charge in dollars, but the same they will advertise in dollars. You, you know, you, you say one thing, you reverse it. There's too many things. I'm just saying that, look, the, to, you, they, this is unsustainable. This, I, this approach of passing everything on to the Ghanaian. The only thing Ghanaian leaders do when they go to parliament. So, unfortunately, we have to raise this. Then they'll go and do, come, go and walk around. Uh, they say they'll do town hall meeting. Now, they want to increase utility tariffs. So, they'll visit everybody. Go and do some. Do they visit everybody? Apparently, then they will do some some two by four something yeah. or then they come and announce increases. Why are we the people who are always paying? Sell the four wheel drives and buy tico. Those of us who take boats to work, I'm coming. Those who take boats to work, they know. And you see, you are a poor country. We spend more on our leaders than rich countries do. See, I don't want to talk too much. We are a poor country. If you are a poor country. 
if you're a poor country, live like that. But you, I don't, I'm not picking on time. Yeah, yeah, go on. to a typical ministry. But better, hold on. And go and count the number of cars. In fact, they even had to suspend buying V8s. Can you imagine? They, they had to suspend buying V8s last March because... Did they? Well, that's what they said. You see, that's, <laughs> you see I keep asking these questions. You see, because even, even the cost-cutting measures that we are told normally do not happen. But anyway, I know this will you, you, you end this soon, but... <laughs> you carry the fire. <laughs> We will deal with a couple of things. I will speak to somebody who wrote an article about this. So, uh, Api Adomako wrote an article on fuel prices and he's going to touch on a couple of interesting ways in which we can give relief to Ghanaians. We'll deal with that. But let me just come to Nathan quickly before we do your money. Well, if you're having challenges with your insurance company or you're faced with a delay or refusal to pay claims or authorized or unauthorized premium deductions, then you need to know that insurance truly protects you. The Ghana Insurance Association has set up the Complaints and Management Advice and Advice Bureau to settle all issues. You can reach out to them by dialing star 800 star 442 hash or call to free 0800 442 or send a WhatsApp message to 055 to five five nine six nine eight. Get to them on Facebook and on, on Twitter at Ghana Insurers, and you can send an email complaints at ghanainsurers.org.gh. Eight thirty two. Let's bring you your money. It's brought to you by CBG. We stand with you. Kokui has a segment for us. Thank you, Kokui. Yeah, you know, Bernardino, if, with all of this talk about money and the way people are struggling, it's 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 a bit difficult to try to talk to people about managing the, the meager resources they have. But we're talking about fuel prices, right, and trying to save a bit on your fuel expenditure. Something very simple you can do. We're always told that using your air conditioner burns a lot of fuel. But guess what? Rolling your windows down can equally cost you more in fuel. Mm. Yes, when it's warm in your car, do you roll your windows down or do you switch the air conditioning on? Either way, it can cost you depending on your speed. Air conditioning uses fuel, but if your windows are down, that also causes drag, which uses up fuel as well. So if your windows are down at lower speed, not so bad, okay? But if you're driving, let's say, on the motorway and you're going quite fast, it's the other way around. It actually puts more drag on your car. So either drive a bit slower with your windows down or if you're driving fast, roll those windows up. It's better. That was your money. Brought to you by CBG. We stand with you. This is the City Breakfast Show. The city's biggest conversation. Join the conversation on the City Breakfast Show on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash city97.3. Twitter at twitter.com forward slash city973. And Instagram at instagram.com forward slash city973. With the hashtag CityCBS. Unleashing the power of relevant radio. This is City 
840 City Breakfast Show. Alright, so how or which other ways can government reduce the plight of Ghanaians? I remember in April when they announced a 15 peso reduction. But I mean, that, that 15 peso. And that was to last for three three months. It was an, a time in the previous few months they also announced some suspension of one of the taxes but it's back now the tax build up is almost two cities we haven't even added the margins yet so what can be done what are some of the um legal ways in which government can reduce prices let me talk to appear Adomako. He is with Cuts International. He wrote an article about some thoughts on fuel prices. He will share some of those. Apia, thanks for joining us. Good morning. Uh, good morning, Bernard. And your listeners listening to CT all over the world this morning. Mm. So, I, I noticed you've written about how the cost buildup can be reduced to mitigate the plight of Ghanaians. Do you care to share some of those ideas with us? Yes. Thank you, Bernard. I think the in the past, when you look at the petroleum sector, we used to have uh, Tor as the importer of cr- uh, crude and also refiner, and then the OMC selling it. Somewhere in 2004 five, uh brought about the, the concept of the concept of the BDCs and then splitting the market into two, where we have the BDCs and then the OMCs. And so the BDCs goes to import the uh, the fine products into the country. They are not allowed into the market, and then the OMCs then have to sell it. But the problem with this is that this leads to double marginalization because uh, NPA allows the BDC to put their margin, and the BDC. They are, they are a separate set of businesses with a lot of face costs. And all those things need to be recouped from their uh, trade. And then the OMC is also, is also a separate set of business with also having another cost uh, structure and also they are also allow a margin. And so by splitting the market into two, uh, it leads to a lot of uh, build-up of uh, face costs. And this is what we call double marginalization. So in some countries, what they have done is that they have merged the two. So the BDCs uh, who import the fine products into the country are also allowed to sell directly into uh, to consumers at the pump. And I think that uh, the way things are going now, if government is to allow, is to merge uh, this uh, two market together, I think it can bring the uh, Poor prices down, and it's also result in competition uh, at the pump. Are you suggesting that the split has created a double problem for consumers, and also that the OMCs and BDCs are making some sort of supernormal profit? Uh, I think we'll come to the uh, supernormal profit, but the thing is that OM BDCs they are separate companies, so they have their face costs, they have office structures, they have accounts managers, they have a lot of face costs that, that they are paying. 
OMCs also have the same cost structure. So now, if we were to merge these two uh, as a, into a single entity by reforming, by uh, reviewing the, the, the legislation, what it means is that the double overhead cost that these two companies are having can become one and then it can be reduced mm. into a, as a single uh, cost structure. And that is what most countries have done. And that is why when you go to the U.S., for example, you see that fuel prices are lower because you find Chevron and Shell, all of these firms selling BP and selling directly at the pump. <clears throat> Is it true that some BDCs also own OMCs? So that in, in that case, they could even then be getting a double windfall? Yes. Uh, some BDCs, we are told, I'm told, uh, they import the products into the country and also they also sell at the pump but then they use different trading names so this means that their cost structures are different and so there's no benefit to the economy but here in the case if we were to make the two that could also inform mpa how they allow the margin because currently uh, currently mpa allows uh premium in the, i mean what they call importers premium for the BDCs. And then you come to the OMCs, they also get their premium. And then the, the distributors also get their, their premium. All these premium, premium, premium are kind of what adding up to the cost structure. That is one. But of course, we cannot uh, forget about the big elephant in the room. The big elephant in the room is what you talk about, the taxes that we have. Of course, we know that uh, we, are, we currently find ourselves in a fiscal and reducing taxes on uh, petrol could also worsen government revenue projection. However, by allowing the cyclone of taxes in the petroleum sector to strangulate the Guinean, I think that the the effect, I mean, economists will say that, uh, we look at, look at, uh, by allowing the taxes to go onto the consumer, it creates more problems. But if government were to even allow some of these taxes to uh, be suspended for some time, the effect on the economy, I think, uh, will be more much better than yeah. allowing the consumers to absorb the tax because already uh, the dollar is, is killing uh, the consumers. Consumers are also not getting any appreciable salary uh, raise. And every day, every week or two, the prices are going up. Consumers don't have access to credit cards to finance their, I mean, their, their, uh, their difference. And so we are kind of what making Ghanaians to make difficult choices over basic necessities. I know somebody who told me yesterday that, I mean, he has to park his car and then uh, buy a motor bicycle so that he'll be able to go to work. People have people can't even afford some basic necessities, and all these things are as a result of the price buildup that has kind of strangulating the mm. economy. All right. So government needs to make a I mean a decision. And Fantastic. Go on. I just want to make ask a question in relation to that. So you're saying that the government must balance revenue objectives with cost of living imperatives and if the revenue objective is overemphasized 
the, the, no matter how much money you make, when people are struggling too much under the, the burden of taxes, it becomes counterproductive overall for the economy because productivity reduces. The people can't have any more money to spend. There's also a lot of social and civil challenges which could even worsen the situation than even the revenue they did not get. Definitely, definitely. So that is what uh, we need to, uh, government needs to uh, look at this. Because I think that we have become so focused on revenue, we must balance the budget. We must balance the budget. But we must not balance the budget on the back of the Ghanaians who are suffering. I mean, if people are suffering, fuel, I know somebody who is spending so much on fuel. Of course, you will see that if you are in Accra, you don't need to be driving a city, but the roads are not good. And even the worst aspect of this is that you buy a fuel and you also have to drive in a traffic and then you waste the fuel. So uh, in most countries where fuel prices are pushed onto the consumers, there are alternatives for uh, public and mass transit. Here in our country, especially in Accra, Ayololo has almost collapsed. This was supposed to provide alternative for most Ghanaians, the middle and working class to have access to uh, a regular and a more uh, regular bus uh, services. But we are collapsing. We are not providing an alternative uh, as a way to lessen the plight of the consumers in this country. And so we must be very careful in always allowing the, the prices to cascade onto consumers. We can't say that, oh, poor prices in America is high, poor prices in the UK are high. In the UK, you can decide not to drive in your lifetime and you can still go about your duty. But in Ghana, if you live in Accra and you decide not to drive, then that would be a that would be a, I mean a, a, a bigger challenge for you if you are a family of four and other things. All right. That is something Fine. That the, other, the other question I have for you is from the perspective of the cuts. Have you analyzed the taxes that we have uh, that have been placed on the price of fuel? Are they all justified? Do we even know how much government earns per month? Is there transparency? Because, I mean, we listed seven taxes. Some of the names sound very, very similar. Energy sector recovery levy, toll debt recovery levy, all kinds of interesting recoveries. Do you Have you analyzed that? And do you have any thoughts on those taxes? Yes. In 2019, we attempted to analyze the taxes that uh, we have in the energy sector but then unfortunately, some of the data that we needed to be able to make a very good analysis were not uh, available to us. But one thing I want to say is that if you look at the energy sector, the, the recovery levy, for example, it's more than 20 years that recovery levy started. And as of now, government has not accounted to Ghanaians how much has been accrued. And I think that this is what uh, parliament is meant for. Parliament are representative of the people. They need to call the finance minister and tell them, look, you came to us that we need to do this recovery levy. Come and tell us how much has been uh, paid and what is the balance. And per your projection, when do we expect to what, uh, pay this enough so that these taxes will not become a permanent feature in our tax handle? Take, for example, the COVID levy. COVID may soon go, but if you don't take care, the one percent COVID on the one percent COVID levy on VAT made uh, transmogrify into another tax, and then uh, it will never go up in this country. And I think, I mean, in most countries, for example, whenever they are make they are bringing special taxes, they have a timeline for the taxes that these taxes will expire in five years because 
by the estimation of the government, by that time, a lot of things would have been uh, been able to be, uh, the, the debt would have been paid. But here, taxes seems to remain forever. And that is why we need to be very careful anytime, uh, Parliament needs to be very careful anytime they want to permit government to come in uh, with, with new taxes. Mm. So in a nutshell, you're saying merge the OMCs and BDCs to stop the double marginalization uh, place cost of living higher than revenue objectives and account for the taxes you've collected in the petroleum sector to justify their continued existence. So those are the three key points you've made this morning. Yes, and also another thing that the Ministry of Finance and the government needs to also keep an eye on the profits that the energy companies are making. And if they are making any supranormal profits, then they can also uh, introduce a fair tax to tax them and use that money that they are getting to kind of uh, subsidize the cost of diesel because food prices in this country are going so much high, all because of what the way diesel is being priced in this country. And if we don't do this, we end up causing more problems for uh, the, the, the Ghanaians. And some of these things may leave a permanent damage on the economy. Thank you for talking to us. That was Api Adumako from Cat International. 8.53 City Breakfast Show. Lots of comments coming in. A few more comments if you can read some for me. Bakujo, I wanted your, your, yes, your views he, on that. He, he says something. His last statement, food prices are going up and if you don't take care, we may leave a permanent... Uh, what word did you use? Permanent scar on the economy or something. You know when mm-hmm. things go up, they hardly come down. Right. Mm-hmm. So, for example, because of diesel prices, mm-hmm. if you are plowing your land this year, mm-hmm. you are paying double what you paid last year. Mm-hmm. If you are paying 100 CDs to plow an acre, you pay about 200 CDs now. Mm-hmm. Now, look at the food chain and the fuel conversation. Mm-hmm. Transporting seed, fertilizer and inputs, diesel. Mm-hmm. If it goes up, it affects that transport. Mm-hmm. Your land preparation, diesel. Mm-hmm. Your other activities, you are likely to use diesel. Um, maybe sometimes petrol for the smaller machines we will use. Mm-hmm. When you are harvesting, the harvester, diesel. Diesel. Threshers, you are going to use, likely to use diesel. Mm. Then, when you finish and you bag whatever, you are coming to market, diesel. diesel. Processing plants, mm. which will not get continuous electricity from ECG, diesel. Mm. So, at every point of production, the petrol cost affects you. Mm. You know, usually when we are talking about uh, fuel and fuel cost on farming, we just think it's transportation. Mm-hmm. But at every level mm. in the chain, it affects you. And it's all calculated and compounded. Now, if you don't do something about it and the prices get to a certain point, those prices are now ca- going to be the baseline. Mm. <laughs> we hardly reduce prices. So yep. if, if the guy coming to do your plowing is now charging you 200 cities, if the prices go down, usually it's difficult it doesn't come to come down. down. Yeah. So you'll be leaving a setting um, um, baseline for the industry, which will be difficult for the industry to, to, to recover from. Mm. So this diesel matter is something that we need to talk about. And you were talking about exchange rates in explaining the gentleman's um, um, question that mm-hmm. in 2008, fuel was um, around the same cost per barrel as it is now it's actually and, more and you're explaining the that exchange, exchange rate. so the exchange rate is the main driver because you see 2008 yes 
exchange rate was around 1.2 1.2 cedis to a yes. dollar in the first time when we when we did the redenomination it was 70 pesos to a dollar <laughs> i see when president Kofo was leaving it, it came to 1.2 mm -hmm. when president mills came it was 1.2 mm -hmm. when and then president mahama took over when he was leaving it was 4.2 my god now, President Kufuadu inherited at 4.2. Mm -hmm. <laughs> now, we are looking at 8.0. Wow. We are looking at 8.0. Now, let's, let's, let's warn the politicians. Hmm. You see, usually when you start talking about these things, then you say, oh, then Kufuadu's depreciation was this, Mohammed's depreciation was this, and my depreciation is this. Everybody's sharing their depreciation and they, taking... They, they, they will just take the percentages and do analysis and tell their followers that, oh, we've not done as bad as mm. the other people. Mm. But we are really suffering. I'm telling you. And I do not expect anybody to come and play politics with exchange rates. Mm -hmm. When we know that if we are not managing those things very well, it affects almost everything. Mm -hmm. The local uh, production we said we were going to do, we've not been able to do it. Charlie. So still exchange rates will affect us. Mm. So if there is something to be done to fix those things, let's fix them. And let's not play politics with anything like that. Let's hear some quick comments on the situation with cost of living, fuel prices, and matters arising. Nathan. Eric Asante in Kofredia, he says, My mom used to buy a big gallon of fritol cooking oil two years ago for less than 200 CDs. Mm. She now buys it at 500 CDs. But do you know that one liter of oil is more expensive than one liter of petrol? Cooking oil. Do you know that? Oh, yeah, she, she used to buy it at how much? It's just less than 200 CDs. Uh, one liter will be more But expensive. I'm saying one liter of petrol, one liter of oil is even more expensive. Yeah. Yes. All right, this one is a, okay, and he asks, the government must do something about it. Um, well, some of us have very pathetic situations. I lost my job 2017. I decided to help my younger brother who is into the import and sale of computers. GRA, dollar rate, rent, etc. They gave foreigners tax holidays to import the same and sell the same things as we do. We just closed our last shop. I'm going home. I have four kids. I look up to God for the next ten. Hmm. All right. John in Ofanko says it's time to interview the president. Why is he avoiding you? <laughs> All right. Another one. Germany has introduced a nine euro ticket from June to August. Mm. <laughs> All right, somebody's giving us his living expenses, and he says this government is simply insensitive towards the ordinary people of the country. I live at Afienya. I work at Laboni. Hmm. This is my TNT. 3.50, 3.50, plus 13, plus 4.50, equals 21. That's in only. Mm -hmm. So in and out equals 42 CDs daily. Nita, let's, let's stay there. So nine euro tickets mm -hmm. a month. Yes. And then 42 Ghana CDs daily. You see... In other economies, they paid attention to mass public transport. That's about four or five euros mm -hmm. or something less. We don't. You see, we've been screaming about stuff like Ayalolo, MMT, everything, everything. And we, we, we don't. And when we try to do those things, we throw money away. You see, our challenge with fuel price increases is that you don't have any better alternative. Even if you want to do public transport, you don't have any better alternative. That's number one. Number two, traffic. And I, and, I, and I always say that, for me, if I'm buying diesel at 13 CDs per liter, my actual cost is about 30 or 40 CDs per liter. Because you burn the diesel wasting time in traffic. 
And little, little things we can do to fix even the traffic problems. You don't mm. see any, 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 any work being done in that particular regard. So a journey that takes you 30 minutes, you spend two hours. So you are wasting one so hour you don't 30 even minutes have of your time and one hour 30 minutes of fuel. So there's no alternative as well. <laughs> I have some news for you, by the way. If you compare the performance of the OMCs for quarter one this year, there is a decline in sales for both diesel and petrol. So the high price is means people are people are opting out. So, in fact, the performance of the OMCs for Q1 2022 for diesel declined by four percent and petrol by three percent compared to Q1 of 2021. The reduction in the sales or the consumption could be attributed to the hikes in the prices of petroleum products in Q1 of 2022. In the first quarter of this year, export price of diesel said by 51% from 68 to 10.3. It's, it's now gone to 13. And next price of petrol said by 42% from 6.8 to 9.7. It's now 11. So the reduction in the sales of petroleum products will affect government revenue anyway. So, by you see, the government revenue that they want to get by putting those taxes, because it's price times quantity. If you keep increasing price, normal economic behavior, quantity will reduce. So, instead of reducing the price so that people can still spend and then you can get the revenue you want, the second quarter may even be worse because somebody's even saying that right now it's at some place, you can't even see any traffic. So, people, somebody's buying a motorbike, people are carpooling. So, people's consumption is going to reduce. It's not necessarily a bad thing. But the point I'm making is that people are feeling the pinch. Yeah. And there's always a, there's a limit to how much you can keep passing this thing on to Ghanaians. Mm-hmm. And just explaining it away by saying we are in a deregulated market, we cannot do anything. It's not true. Yeah. You can do something about it. So, take the bull by the horns. Meet Ghanaians halfway. Reduce the thing so that we can do business. Because if Ghanaians don't produce, you don't have any revenue. Kojo, if we sit at home and we don't... Imagine if... 20 companies close in Accra. Can you go and collect revenue from them? No. Nope. If my business collapses, I can't do anything. You don't get any, pro- you don't get any tax from me. Yeah. So, it is in the interest of the government to make sure companies can run. Yeah. If the companies are collapsing, you are not going to get any revenue. So, they the, the, the must balance the immediate need for revenue with the law. Lo- because if companies don't survive, there's nothing you can do. And you know, in the dry season, we are even going to feel this more. You know why? Now it's raining it's cooler, so people can afford to switch off their ACs at home, mm. in their offices, in their cars and everything. When we get to the dry season and it becomes very hot and dusty, and people want to run away from the heat and the dust, then all these ACs, everything, will be is going to, to be switched on. And our dry season energy production issues too, if they hit us and we are not getting consistent energy as well, mm. then we will, we will be feeling this. So it's, it's, it's something that... And the vice president must speak about some of these things. You see, I won't let him go free at all. And he in, cannot. In May he cannot afford to. In May 2015, he made a point about to be silent about these things. The insensitivity of the government in raising fuel prices at the time, the prices were around four something. Charlie, the thing is, twelve. Twelve CD. It is is deadly. Is is deadly. You Three minutes past nine. Don't forget, City Business Festival on a series continues. We'll be discussing another aspect of business soon. Michael Lobodo will be speaking to head of markets for Absa Jacob Broby. 
about uh, the Ghana opportunity from a finance perspective. But before that, before that, we're all speaking of banking. Do you know that by updating your bank account records with your Ghana card, you're not only ensuring your financial transactions are linked to one identity and information source, you're also helping to ensure the safety of the financial system. So from the 1st of July 2022, the Ghana card will be the only ID card accepted in undertaking transactions at all banks in the country. Update your bank account records now. Your card is your guard. Speak to your bank. Uh, do this before July the 1st. This message is brought to you by the Ghana Association of Banks. And Ghana Pay is here. The mm. all-new Ghana Pay mobile money service. With that, you can send and receive money at zero transaction fees. Mm. You can pay bills, buy airtime and data, transfer money to and from your bank accounts, and do so much more. Register for Ghana Pay by downloading the Ghana Pay app from the Play Store or App Store. You can also register by dialing star 707 hash and visiting any branch of your selected bank to activate your wallet. Ghana Pay transaction, BIA free. Mm. Only pay e Mm. Ghana Pay, your money, your way. And are you doing business in Ghana or seeking to invest in Ghana? Are you looking for that valuable market intel to foster growth of your business? Then talk to us today at the Ghana Investment Promotion Center for accurate information on investment opportunities, incentive packages, technology transfer agreements, and so much more. Locate us at Vivo Place in Cantonments, Accra, or call 0302-665-125. You can also meet us on our various online channels. Our website is gipc.gov.gh, and it's at GIPC Ghana on Facebook, Twitter, IG, LinkedIn, and YouTube. Let's continue to grow in Ghana and go with Ghana. And if you love to cook, Miss Cookie is here to save the day. It's a natural, uh, 100% natural ingredients that have been carefully selected, peeled and blended into perfect mixes for various meals. So if you love your kilowili, tilapia, chicken, they have all the things that can help you marinate and get them to be spicy and tasty. Give them a call on 0200-365-997 to order. Delivery is free. Locate Miss Cookie opposite the Absa Bank at American House or on Facebook and on Instagram. Now, are you thinking about that project that you need to get started? How about paying rent and school fees for the course? I know you are worried and lamenting how to pay off that expensive loan and rebook a new one at a cheaper rate. Worry no more. First Atlantic Bank's controller loan is your solution. So far as you're a government worker whose salary is paid by the controller and accountant general's department, you can apply for a loan of up to 150000 for all your pressing needs. You can visit any First Atlantic Bank bank branch near you or dial star 44230 has to apply and enjoy the lowest rates first atlantic bank refreshingly different the weather forecast for today the 16th it says cloudiness will persist Mm -hmm. across the entire country this morning some places will experience slight rainfall then it says late morning thunderstorms expected over all sectors in the afternoon hours. Stay tuned for more updates. So more incoming. Take a short break when we come back. We're taking you to the City Business Festival on air series. Stay with us. This is the City Breakfast Show. The city's biggest conversation. Join the conversation on the City Breakfast Show on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash city97.3. Twitter at twitter.com forward slash city973. And Instagram at instagram.com forward slash city973. With the hashtag CityCBS. 
Unleashing the power of relevant radio. This is City 97.3. Hello there and welcome to another edition of the City Business Festival on Air Series. My name is Michael Obudu. If you've been following all through the month of June, I'm sure you've learnt a thing or two from all the great topics and speakers we've been bringing on the show to share insights that can help you turn your business around. The this year's edition of the City Business Festival is sponsored by APSA Bank, with support from MTN Momo, MTN Business, Ghana Investment Promotion Centre, IT Consortium, and guess how? If you've missed out on any of the conversations we've had so far, don't worry. Just check out our, our SoundCloud account. Search for City 97.3 and you find all the conversations there. Well, for this week, we are focusing on the Ghana opportunity. Which opportunities lie in the country where investors can take advantage of? And today we have in studio with us Jacob Brobe. He is the acting head of markets at APSA Bank. And he's going to be sharing with us some opportunities in Ghana that investors can take advantage of. Yeah, welcome to the show, sir. Thank you very much, Michael. Awesome. Thank now, um, first of all, uh, inflation rates is skyrocketing, hitting numbers that we haven't recorded in a quite a while. Things are looking a bit turbulent. Is there still really an opportunity to invest in Ghana? Thank you, Michael. Um, yes, um, you've mentioned the fact that inflation is skyrocketing. And, and I must add that it's not just Ghana-specific problem. Uh, inflation is at all-time highs in mm. most markets, mm. US, Europe, um, most markets, including Ghana. Um, are, there, are there still opportunities? Yes. In the midst of every challenges, mm. there are definitely opportunities that individuals should be able to take advantage. And at the end of the day, once you surmount those challenges, mm. then you come out better. Okay. So you are the expert. Tell us, where do you start from? What do you look out for as an investor uh, who wants to put money into Ghana? All right. So um, I think globally, um, not just Ghana specific, but globally, uh, investors look out for about five or so things okay. uh, to decide where their money should go. Mm -hmm. Now, um, if you are a Ghanaian investor, mm -hmm. probably then your focus will be where can I invest my money so that the value of that money is protected. Exactly. So this means that as a Ghanaian, your focus will be more of the returns, mm. right? And then you're looking at the returns also, you look at the risk associated with it. Yeah. Uh, because there, there's the general principle that there's a risk return mm -hmm. um, metrics that yeah. you need to adhere to. So for a typical Ghanaian, um, they will be looking at earning real returns on the investment. Mm -hmm. How do you measure the real returns? At yep. the basic level, you'll be looking at inflation. Right. Mm. So for investors, they will be ensuring that the returns on the investment at the mm. minimum okay. should be the inflation rate. Okay. So in that case, their the capital mm. or the value of their investment is protected. Okay. So they always look for a return which is higher than the inflation figure. Mm. And that's what we call the real returns. Okay. So investors will be looking out for real returns, mm. a return which is higher than the inflation rate. Okay. If the returns tends to be lower than the inflation rate, then we are saying negative returns. Yeah. And if you have negative return mm. um, as investment returns, then obviously the value of your investment is mm. being eroded over yeah. time. Now, if it's an external investor, mm. a global investor who is looking to invest in Africa mm. and, and into Ghana, 
then they'll be looking at other metrics. Okay. One of them is political stability. Hmm. Nobody wants to send invest in a country yeah. that they wake up one day and then there's a new government. They say they've nationalized the, the, hmm. the, 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 the business that yeah. they established, or probably you can't take out your 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 your, your capital. Hmm. So investors will want to look for uh, countries with stable or strong political landscape, mm. which Ghana, we are, we are very good at it for now. Yeah. Um, another thing that investors also be, will be looking out for is how easy can we enter the country and exit the country. So yeah. in this case, we are looking at liquidity. Okay. So the market must be liquid enough so mm. that when they put in their funds, they should be able to exit at any point in yeah. time. Another thing that investors also will also be looking at for is corporate governance strong corporate governance framework mm. and then transparency okay. so when it comes to investment and and their conversations mm. around corruption it's not just ordinary discussion people take it seriously to find out how easy it is for me to do business in a particular country without probably have to pay a lot of people in the chain mm. so investors will want to be comfortable that when we go into this country yeah. things are so transparent the corporate governance framework is so solid mm. that it will fit into our raw investment scheme wherever the, the investor is, is based okay. another thing that investors also try to be worried about and they want to also check is i've got to do with the ability of the country assuming the investment is going to central government or is mm. going to even any country yeah. any company in the country they want to ensure that the credit environment is also good mm. so that's why concerns um, there are a lot of concerns around mm. uh, downgrades of the country if Modi mm. said downgraded Ghana as we saw early part of the year then obviously that also send a kind of um, shift, shift waves through mm. the investor communities so these are the things that investors both local and, and, and offshore investors will be looking out for before they invest in a particular country but as I said in looking at the metrics it will depend on who is investing is in a local investor or yeah. offshore investor and then the the premium that will be put on these variables will, will differ so just to summarize what you've said there are basically five pointers that investors will look out for before they put their money in a country you've spoken about political stability liquidity okay. strong corporate governance and transparency credit risk and real return now something that's caught my attention especially is the credit risk element now we do know that ghana hasn't fared too well with the latest figures that have come from a number of these ratings agencies. I think about two of them have downgraded us. What does that then mean for our outlook on the global stage? Yeah, so I, I think I think if you want to if you want to assess and mm. speak to what that means, mm. then probably you should be looking at what is happening to our Eurobond okay. on the on the on the capital market. Mm. Um, we've seen the Eurobond um, prices spike. Mm. Uh, currently, if you take the 2026, that's the bond that is maturing in 2026. Mm. It's trading around 20%, 19%, 20%. What that means is that offshore investors see the country to be risky. Okay. And for them to invest in assets that is in Ghana, mm. then they have to ask for more. Okay. You know, I did mention about the risk returns. So they, because they see it to be risky, then mm. they want to get more returns to compensate them for the risks that they are taking. I think we can have the pros and cons and debate whether the assessment from uh, Moody's and, mm. and the like yeah. are indeed fair to okay. African countries. Mm. Um, that will be probably a conversation for uh, another, another time. But suffice to say that based on those um, downgrades, yeah. we've seen a reaction from 
um, the global investors in terms of if you look at specifically what is happening to our euro bonds. Yeah, then we hope that the economy will fare better soon so that we can get back to our glory days. But then uh, clearly from what you've said now, out of the five, we have we do not make the cut, so to speak, when it comes to uh, credit risk to some extent. So which out of which remaining out of the remaining four is government, uh, Ghana thriving on that would attract investors into the country? All right, thanks. So before I even talk about those ones that I think Ghana is thriving on, mm -hmm. um, I think I need to also touch on a bit about uh, saying that we did not make the cut for um, the, the, the credits, okay. right? Um, if you look at it, since 2017, okay. uh, two, uh, 2007, mm. Ghana has successfully been issuing euro bond, yeah. you know, year after year. Mm. Uh, so um, it will not be fair assessment to say that currently because this year we were not able to go to the capital market, mm -hmm. then this means that our credit profile is so bad, right? Uh, I must say that when mm. it comes to the challenges, yeah. they are global, Okay. And some of the, the, the reaction from investor, the mm. global investor community, some of them are, of course, I agree, domestic, you know, variables. Mm. And there are the others also, which are global variables. Naturally, if the likes of U.S. decides to increase interest rate, you see what we call portfolio reversal, mm. right? And that's also contributing towards where our bonds are trading and all that. So it's not just, uh, I wouldn't say that, uh, the the our credit is so bad, you okay. know, but there are challenges, real challenges. Okay. And this year, yes, if you want to talk about just this year, mm. then you are right to say that the capital market has been shut um, to right. us. Now, if you look at the variables, I think yeah. Ghana is doing well when it comes to liquidity. Okay. Um, if you compare Ghana and mm. and that of um, Nigeria, for instance, okay. you see that it's very easy, fair easy for you to uh, get uh, funding mm. to exit the market if you want to buy FX. Um, to get FX out of Nigeria or Cote d'Ivoire, mm. uh, you need to do a lot of things which are not the case in Ghana. So our framework really mm. is that accommodative. Okay. And then we've also seen some strong um, improvement in, in the case of our governance structure. We've seen the central bank come out with some corporate governance uh, measures. Mm. Uh, we've seen a lot of uh, the country adopting, let's say, Jimra and whatever. They all come together to make our governance and then legal framework better. So we are doing well on that. And of course, I don't want to belabor the political stability bit because Ghana is started as one of the politically stable within our sub-region. Sure. So that's also one of the things that we can go ahead and then um, sell it to investors uh, and just say, hey, come, come with us because uh, in terms of your, your, the, the security of your investment, hmm. it's kind of assured. Nice. So now let's say I'm, I'm an investor. I have, say, $500,000. Where do you think I can put that in, in Ghana? Right. So um, that, that, that takes us back to what really is available on mm. our market. Uh, if you take the Ghana financial market, um, it's typical frontier market. So okay. in terms of product sophistication, mm. we are not there, right? So we have limited products. So if you look at the market currently, we have um, euro bonds, you know, mm. which you can, can assess. We have the government of Ghana bonds. We have mm. quasi-corporate bonds, which are also available. Um, we have the T-bills and whatever local investors who wants to, who wants to invest in Ghana. Um, in addition, we also have uh, the equities also available. So if you go to the equity, I think Ghana Stock Exchange was the second highest performing uh, stock exchange in Africa in 2021. Nice. We came just after Zambia, mm. right? So that tells you that we have 
a well-functioning stock exchange, which is forward-looking, right? So that also offers opportunity where uh, investors can also deploy their funds. Then, of course, we also have the foreign exchange market. It's very vibrant in Ghana. We have very evolving evol- um, um, derivatives market, uh, but when it comes to the foreign exchange, mm-hmm. I am a bit, uh, a bit careful to say to recommend that it's an avenue for just investment. Mm-hmm. But if you're a businessman and there's a need for you to manage the risk associated with your business and all, then the foreign exchange market also offers a very good opportunity. In addition, also we have what we call the cash market, where you can do fixed deposit with the bank, mm. or we can actually have we have some uh, mutual funds also in the country. The other areas that probably the country is not doing well is alternative investments, right? Mm. So for the alternative investment, if you go to the Ghana Stock Exchange currently, we have what we call APSA New Gold, right? So the APSA New Gold, for instance, uh, you can actually buy it in cities, and then the price actually tracks the performance of gold. Mm. So recently that we've seen the gold prices spike. If anybody, anybody who bought the APSA New Gold is, mm. is, 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 is seriously making a lot of money, Right, you are not buying gold itself, mm. but you are buying an instrument which is linked to the performance of gold. So as mm. gold prices go up, then the value of that your investment also is going up. So that one also is available. Um, other areas like real exchange, uh, real estate, okay. um, hedge funds, probably private capital, uh, private debt capital, mm-hmm. private equity capital. They are nascent. They are not really developed uh, mm. in Ghana, but they are. Um, areas that investors may want to uh, take a look. All right. So, uh, very interesting uh, thoughts there on various aspects we can put our money in. We'll go for a quick short, uh, commercial break. When we come back, maybe you can tell us for the average Ghanaian who has some uh, spare cash where they can also consider putting their money in to make some good returns uh, despite the many challenges that the economy might have at the moment. You're still listening to 97.3 City FM. This is the City Business Festival on Air Series. My name is Michael Lubudu. We'll go for a short commercial break. When we come back, we'll bring you more. Please stay. The entire month of June has been dedicated to business on City TV and 97.3 City FM. The City Business Festival will give entrepreneurs, SMEs, and individuals the needed insights and knowledge to advance their businesses. Join the weekly business forums every Tuesday from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. live on City TV for discussions on various thematic areas each week, beginning with Week 1, Reimagining the Digital Economy. Week 2, Resetting Your SME After COVID-19. Week 3, The Ghana Opportunity. Week 4, Consumer Market. Week 4, Agribusiness. Also, tune in every weekday morning for the City Business Festival on air series on the City Breakfast Show on 97.3 City FM to acquire the information you need to kickstart, grow, improve, strengthen, and expand your business. There will be a lesson for every business with the City Business Festival this June only on City TV, 97.3 City FM, and on CNR Digital. The City Business Festival, proudly sponsored by Absa Bank and Supported by MTN Momo, MTN Business, IT Consortium, the Ghana Investment Promotion Center, and Gersol.
Yeah, welcome back. This is the City Business Festival on Air Series. My name is Michael Obudu. We've been talking about the Ghana opportunity in terms of uh, investment and areas that potential investors can consider putting their money in. And we have in studio with us Jacob Rube, who is the acting head of markets at APSA Bank, who's been sharing some very interesting uh, facts and figures with us on where you can put your money. So now, welcome back, sir. And um, you, you were telling us, so I'm a young person who has some money to spare. Where do you think I should consider investing in? Right. Thank you very much, uh, Michael. So, so I think I think currently, if you look at what is happening on the market following mm. um, the global market challenges, mm. the inflation, and all that. We've seen like yields on the government of Ghana bonds, for instance, uh, moved the 91 day move from around 13 percent to currently around 24 percent. Okay. That offers, you know, some avenue hmm. for any excess cash to be invested. On top of that, as I did mention, uh, there's also opportunity for people to also go to the exchange, hmm. for instance, Ghana Stock Exchange, and we should be able to also buy any investment but it depends on the person's investment horizon okay the question is how long do you want to invest mm. that will determine where you want to put the money okay. so if it's a money that you, you you want to put away for a very short time then you'll be looking at either face deposits uh, with a bank mm. or you'll be looking at uh, maybe going to some mutual fund mm. or you'll also be going to buy something like t-bill mm. but if it's funds that you want to put away for a long time then indeed you'll be looking at a, buying something like equity at the Ghana Stock Exchange. Okay. So these are some of the uh, avenues or investments that are available for anybody who has excess funds and they want to invest at the moment. Okay, now let's talk about Ghana's macroeconomics. How are we faring in the sub-region? And are things really that bad for us? No, 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 no not, not at all. Um, so I think if you look at um, the macros, right, I think all of us admit that there are challenges mm. at, at, the, at this moment. But if you look at Ghana, the, the, the nature of the Ghana macro landscape, mm. I think Ghana is one of the few countries that was able to avoid recession in 2020, mm. right, by growing 0.5% okay. uh, despite um, the challenges that globally everybody had around COVID. Mm. Uh, if you take 2021, for instance, Ghana grew by about 5.4%. I think it's only the East African countries. If you have Botswana, that grew up around 11.4%, mm. Kenya around 75 and I think Uganda about 6%. Mm. If you take that out, I think Ghana is one of the countries that actually did very well when it comes to economic growth. Uh, if you take Nigeria, for instance, 2021, mm. I think they grew around 3.6%. So mm. in the macro, Ghana is not doing uh, badly. Mm. But the headwinds that we have, it's something that uh, I think Central Bank Governor and then the Finance Ministry has been talking about. Mm. Um, it's all about uh, issues around revenue mobilization, uh, whether or not our debt are susten sustainable, the high interest costs and all that. And these are known. And I believe that as economic managers of the country, mm. uh, they are keeping their eyes on this and ensure that um, we, we resolve these issues. So they are the challenges that we have. But I must add that uh, the challenges are, uh, when it comes to inflation, for instance, as I said earlier, is something that is global. Everybody is struggling. And cost of living crisis, you know, as people put it now, mm. is something that is it's everywhere. But there's a need for the, 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 the fiscal side probably also to come in a bit stronger. Mm. Um, I think for the monetary policy side, the governor has done a lot of things. But in terms of the, um, the fiscal side, in addition to the measures that the finance ministry puts put in place, mm. uh, more importantly about cutting the expenditure about 30%, probably there are more things that we need to do to ensure that 
we 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 rein you know that rein in the challenges that we have uh, in the macro space. But in all, uh, I think the challenges are there. But um, in terms of our comparing with other other, other countries, Ghana mm. is not is not doing too badly. Yeah, talking about that, our our inflation rate is quite higher than what pertains in the sub-region. So now, how do we manage this? And what, for what other reason would an investor want to put their money in Ghana despite these challenges? Yeah, that's a very good point, right? Mm. Um, so if you want to um, look at inflation alone, mm. then probably you'll say that it, it makes sense for you to go to, say, Nigeria because the inflation is around 17% yeah. as compared to ours, which is around, now currently around... Uh, 27.6 percent mm. but the question is what goes into inflation and what are policymakers doing to address the inflation challenges i think currently the inflation is being fueled by supply side challenges right uh where the russia ukraine uh, ukraine war mm. um and, and you know ghana imports a lot of grains and other things from from that, that corridor so that's impacting the global food supply chain and all that um if you go to nigeria for instance they have uh, subsidies on, on, on fuel, for instance, mm. and that helps to reduce, uh, you know, the, the pass-on effect from the high fuel cost into inflation. The question is, will Ghana, is it something that Ghana should consider? Mm. I don't think so, given the, our peculiar circumstances. Okay. But I think the central bank governor has put in place a lot of measures uh, to address the inflation uh, mm. issues. Um, I think in March they came out with uh, increasing the cash reserve ratio for banks. Um, in addition to that, um, the the they increase the monetary policy rate. Currently, they've increased it to around 19 percent. Mm. Uh, so we expect that all this will come in to probably support um, um, the inflation, you know, mm. and probably minimize the rate of uh, inflation that we are seeing. Uh, but I think if you are an investor then your outlook really should not just be what is happening currently, but you should look at it going forward. Is, it, is inflation going to continue to trend in this direction forever? Mm -hmm. If the answer is no, then you have to also look at the other metrics. And in fact, look at Ghana's inflation also in light with what is happening globally to see whether probably um, there's, there's a need for you to probably exit the market. You may want to hold on a bit, um, which on which will be fair you know strategy if any investor out there who wants to come to ghana say look i want to wait a bit and see how uh how all these things pounce out then that that will make sense because um you wouldn't want to jump in at a time that you think um the macro challenges are at at, at, at its very high level so that that's that's what i would say so yes it's still good for for people to come come into the country Okay. Maybe I'm sounding, I'm putting on my Ghana hat. <laughs> now, so uh, you spoke about the uh, monetary policy rates going up. Now, I'm, I'm curious, how does, doesn't that necessarily discourage people from wanting to uh, invest in the country? Because, for instance, if you're a local person and you're hoping to take some money from the bank to help you invest in a field, isn't that a disincentive? Yeah, so um, that, that's, a very good, that's a very good question. So I think... We can look at this uh, this way to say is increasing the policy rates you know mm -hmm. the solution at the current the current circumstance because mm -hmm. you are right the moment you increase the policy rate it feeds through the system and yeah. then you have cost of funding also going up mm -hmm. i think uh since march till now the ghana reference rates around which all um 
um, loans are priced by banks mm. has moved from around 16 percent to currently around 20.8 percent mm. right um, so and the monetary policy rate is one of the factors the monetary policy rate and then the, the TB rate these are factors that goes into into the, the, the calculation of the NPR mm. so that is actually pushing rates up so if rates are going up then it's making cost of credit also high Mm. Right. If 91 day TBL, as I mentioned, is 24 percent, it means that government is borrowing at 24 percent. So mm -hmm. if you want to borrow from a commercial bank, then what should the rate be? Right. Mm. And if a business is borrowing at, say, 26 percent, 27 percent, is this something that they'll be able to generate the right returns and then pay the banks? Mm. Right. So that 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 conversation is a bigger conversation that we know. But it's a very delicate situation mm. if you look at the fact that we have the inflation being fueled by the supply side mm. so i think the central bank governor actually admitted this and, and this mentioned that this is a very complicated thing mm. um so i think it's something that they are watching closely to yeah. decide whether they will want to increase the policy rates again or probably to keep it around this level for a while but the concerns around cost Mm. Is indeed is is, is 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 real, and I'm sure businesses have started looking at the, how they can cut uh, costs in order to sustain their businesses, given the high um, interest rate regime that we are finding ourselves now. That's a, that's a very dicey situation for leadership. I'm sure it's very confusing to us to whether to or not to, especially with uh, the impact of policies like the increasing the monetary policy. But then let's find out from you how then do we attract the right kind of finance. Yeah, that's that's also very interesting. Very interesting. So I think we we need to, uh, if, as I, I mentioned earlier, that already the country has done a lot of things when it comes to putting the right frameworks and governance, you know, in place. Um, I think for 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 the first time we've seen the Ghana Stock Exchange launch the ten-year capital market development plan as mm. a country, uh, which is the right step. Right, it's a step in the right direction, which will help us, you know, f focus as to how we want to develop this our market and attract the right investment. I think currently also uh, ESG uh, is becoming a topical issue globally, and I think it's time for us also as a country to ensure that we put in place the right structures and measures so that we we'll be able to attract, for instance, investors who want to invest in, say, green bond, right? So we need to put in place those measures and then be able to attract that kind of investment. But having said all that, I think the key thing mm. is for us to, um, for um, managers of the economy to continue to double their steps and address some of the challenges that, that give investors a headache. I think uh, there are concerns around um, the the percentage of our domestic revenue that goes in interest payment, for instance, mm. which is over forty percent, and people see that not to be sustainable. So that's important for us to work on. I think there's also concerns around the level of uh, revenue, domestic revenue that we mobilize. Mm. So there's a need for government to double its steps to ensure that we are able to more or less get more people into the tax bracket. Once we are able to do this, ultimately that will stabilize. The, the, the market, inflation probably will come down, uh, currency will be stable, then people will start to see real returns and it will make a lot of sense for them to invest into the country. So I think these are the things that we need to put in place in order to attract the investment that we are looking for now. Okay, so now what would be your final advice to investors? You know, they say the higher their risk, the higher their returns. At this point in time, what would you say to an investor trying to put their money in Ghana? Is this the time to go hard and go big and hope to reap so much? So, yeah, so a risk return um, conversation, um, 
you need to also look at it in terms of the availability, uh, what they call it, the ability, you know, to recoup your investment ultimately, mm -hmm. right? It's not just about chasing high returns. So if you ask me, is it the right time for investors to come to Ghana? I will say yes. But you need to be selective in which sectors you want to invest, mm. right? There are a lot of invest uh, sectors. Uh, I think our conversation has been hovering, hovering we've just been concentrated around the financial market. Mm. But there are other avenues, um, there are other areas the government has provided enough incentives for mm. businesses to establish. Um, they are where government has key focus on employment generation, for instance. So if there's any investor, for instance, who wants to invest in Ghana and they, they, they aim, if they can assist government, for instance, to, to generate jobs, it's something that government will be able to partner them and then give them the right, um, the right incentives for them to do this. So, yes, Ghana is still open for business, despite the challenges, mm. and then, but then investors obviously will have to do the risk assessment and then um, decide which sectors they want to invest. I think on the face of it, probably if, if you are um, an ordinary retail client, uh, probably now you'll be thinking that, well, if T-bill rates are around 20, 24%, why not just go and buy T-bill? But for global investors, and then um, you talk about real inve direct investment, then obviously there's more to look at and then because those investments are so, supposed to be on a long-term basis. So, yes, Ghana is still open for business. Honestly, thank you so much. You just heard there Jacob Burby explaining to us that Ghana indeed is still a viable place and country to put your money in. So if you're an investor considering it, now is the time. Come aboard and invest in Ghana. This has been the City Business Festival on Air Series, which will air on 97.3 City FM Monday to Friday at 9 a.m. sharp, where you'd have 30 minutes of insightful conversation to help you turn your business around and improve um, your business space. My name is Michael Obudu. This edition of the City Business Festival is sponsored by APSA Bank with support from MTN Momo and MTN Business IT Consortium, Ghana Investment Promotion Center, and Gessa. If you missed out on any of the conversations, don't worry. Check out our SoundCloud account, City 97.3 FM, where we have all of the tapes uploaded for you to keep you up to date with the conversation. So keep your dial on 97.3 City FM. Follow me on Twitter at mobudu. Take care and thank you for tuning in. This is the City Breakfast Show, the city's biggest conversation. Join the conversation on the City Breakfast Show on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash city97.3, Twitter at twitter.com forward slash city973, and Instagram at instagram.com forward slash city973 with the hashtag CityCBS.
So it's uh, 9.42. That was a segment on the City Business Festival going on strong. We have a quick interview coming up late uh, in the show. Stephen Obing Kwating, coordinator for Center for Business Analysis, joins us shortly. Before that, let's talk to you about some properties. All right, so you can make the right choice by securing your desired plot of land at Shandonia Garden. It's a 100-acre gated community located at Community 24, five minutes drive from the Axel Toll Point of the Akratama Motorway. The plots are fully titled. There's 24-7 security, asphalted roads, underground electrification, constant water supply, solar-powered street lights, and so much more. We have a 3, 6, 8, and 12-month payment plan and outright payment as well. Our office is at Dr. Kwate Papafio Road at Airport Residential Area in the old Ghana Airways building. Contact us on 0302-765-436 or go to our website, shandoniaproperties.com and our social media platforms. ECG also has an announcement for yes, us. Yes, they do. They want to inform all cherished customers and the general public that they'll conduct an audit of all meters soon. As part of this field survey, teams of ECG officials will be deployed to update customer information. To assist this exercise, all customers are being given a moratorium of one month to report to any district or regional office from 7th June to 6th July 2022 for rectification of the underlisted issues. Post-pay customers who have meters but don't receive bills, prepaid customers who don't purchase electricity, customers whose meters are faulty, those who have bypassed or tampered with their meters, and customers who have engaged in any form of electrical illegality. Please note, after this moratorium, customers who are caught stealing electricity will be charged for stealing in accordance with the law and their names will be published widely. Well, the National Cardio Center in collaboration with IT Consortium is embarking on a campaign to raise a million Ghanaians to support the Save a Heart campaign. This will help remove the funding barrier for any child in Ghana who undergoes heart surgery at the National Cardio Center. Chango crowdfunding platform is serving as an enabler for this initiative. Donors can visit changoapp.com and proceed to contribute to Save a Heart campaign. You can also download the Chango Group contribution and crowdfunding app from the App Store or the Play Store. Sign up and proceed to contribute to the Save a Heart campaign. You can go to changoapp.com or call 0270-066614. And so let's talk about the Center for Business Analysis. The course coordinator is Stephen Obinquat. He's joined us to talk about the business analytics course. Good morning, Stephen. Good morning, Bernard. How are you doing? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. Let's talk about the Center for Business Analysis. What do you guys do there? Well, we basically provide training in business data analytics. And we have provided our trainings to persons cutting across several industries. Mm -hmm. We can talk of the banking and finance insurance sales. Mm -hmm. And quite recently, surprisingly, we had some journalists in our uh, immediate past cohort. Okay. And over the past three and a half years, we've trained over 1,200 participants who are helping their organizations create significant value. Mm. And at the moment, we are preparing some 150 persons for the international certification mm. exam. And today I'm here to talk about our 22nd cohort, which begins July. Wow, you've done 21 cohorts already. Yes. Amazing. So why should we study business analytics? Well, um, Bernard, I have keenly followed your conversations on City. Mm -hmm. And I believe you agree with me that for most of our problems as a nation, Mm -hmm. if data were driving the 
decisions, mm -hmm. we would have averted or rectified most of them. Mm -hmm. And it is same with businesses. Mm -hmm. So studying business data analytics is a way to future-proof mm. your career mm -hmm. and understand how businesses can leverage on big data. Mm -hmm. And data probably is the most important asset in businesses today. Mm. And as it has become the raw material for many businesses. And LinkedIn lists business analytics as one of the top skills that companies need the most. Mm. So it has become imperative and it's it's become part of businesses. Mm. Yeah. Who can learn business analytics? It seems like a very high level something. Is it something anybody can just come and say, hey, I'm ready, I have a computer, teach me business analytics? Or what kind of foundation does a person need to go through the program? Well, um, once you are using data, mm -hmm in your field or industry, you mm -hmm. can actually pursue uh, analytic skills. Mm -hmm. And it cuts across all career fields, mm. right? And I believe your station is data-driven. You speak and play ball with data. So as journalists, you need the data skills. Mm -hmm. As a finance person, you need it. As a marketing HR, so mm. it cuts across. Mm. Interesting. All right. So with the training that you offer, what's the duration of it? And when is the next session? Mm. Right, so it's a six-week program, weekend only. Saturdays are for the in-person at the National Banking College. That is from 9 a.m. to 3 p.m. each training day. And for those who are not able to participate in the classroom, there is a virtual component, which is on Sundays from 2 p.m. to 6 p.m. And the next cohort begins... 2nd of July. Mm. But this Saturday, we have a free information session at 4 p.m. Okay. And persons who want to join the information session can reach us via WhatsApp or voice on 0246-809-200. Mm. Saturday, there's a session. That's right. Great. That's June session. 18th. Mm -hmm. Okay. So somebody is interested in enrolling. Do they just call the number you gave or... Any other way that they can sign up for this? Yes, you call the number 0246809200 or you can visit our website centerforanalytics.com. You click on the apply button and you can go through the registration process. Mm. Okay, so as a participant, what should I expect when I attend your training session? Mm. Right. And enrolling in this program provides you with essential skills that you will need to advance to leadership roles. And this program helps you look at data. You're able to analyze data, identify insights, and improve on your ability to make uh, future predictions and prescribe long-term strategic uh, goals. And not only are we providing theoretical training to prepare participants for the IIBA certification exam, this training it's is hands-on so you need to come with your computer and we use business analysis tools like microsoft power bi and tableau during the training sessions mm. okay so i go through your training i now have a business data analytics skills certification what can i do with that what kind of career mm -hmm. opportunities exist well globally the demand for analytics is growing and it's not going to slow down anytime soon 
And there are a few things one can do with analytic skills or certification. Mm-hmm. Among the many areas associated with business analytics are marketing research analysis, operations, research data and analytics managers, financial budget analysts, cost estimators. It goes on and on and on, uh, even as statisticians or visualization experts or consultancy rules across several sectors. Mm. And Bernard, I always say this, the world will be quite different in the next two to three years from today. Mm. We are generating uh, quite a good amount of data Mm -hmm. every day. Mm -hmm. And almost all organizations will become data-driven and analytics will become the foundation of the things that we do. Interesting stuff. We're talking to Stephen Obinquatin, course coordinator for Center for Business Analytics Analysis. There's a business analytics course that is happening, the 22nd cohort. And on Saturday, the 18th, there's a free open day. If you want more information, you call 0246-809-200 or just go online to centerforanalytics.com. The next session starts Saturday. Is it Saturday? Yes, Saturday. The 18th of June. No, that's for the information session. Sorry, the information session. But I thought the next session is also Saturday. Yes, it's it's on 2nd of July. Oh, so the next session is 2nd of July. Yes. But the information session is this Saturday. Yes, okay, please. I think it was a mistake in the oh, okay. information. So, free information session. Is it virtual or in, in real? It, it's virtual. So, okay. once you send us a WhatsApp or call us, mm. we will send you the details to join And us. the number is 0246-809-200. Yes, sir. Interesting stuff. Thank you very much, uh, Stephen, for being on the show. Thank you. Again. And bullets could reverse and pocket and biggie breathe again. 
losing one day they could speak again I wish that we only saw good news every time we look at CNN I wish we could never get the blues Wish I could bring back the people that died at E2 I wish that we could walk the path, stay doing the right thing Hustle hard so the kids maintain up in no, the game Let's hopeful. go Yes I am hopeful for today Take this music and use it Let it take you away And be hopeful, hopeful And he'll make a way I know it ain't easy but That's okay, cause we hope. We wasn't so apocalyptic. I try to spread my message to the world the best way that I can give it. We can make it always be optimistic. If you don't listen, gotta live my life the best way that I can live it. I pray for justice when we go to court. Wish it was all good, so the country never even went to war. Why can't we kick it in Five minutes to, uh, to ten city break for sure. There's so many ways to keep enjoying the things you love on MTN. Just because everything is made simple for you on MTN, you get to enjoy convenience when and anywhere you top up your account, top up your credit by using mobile money or my MTN app, and also buy it from any vendor at the recommended retailer price. Get a hundred percent bonus. Remember to demand the same value. Retailers who do not comply will be sanctioned accordingly. It's super simple and convenient. Then one day they can speak again. I wish that we only saw good news every time we look at CNN. I wish we could never get the blues. Wish I could bring back the people that died. Alright, so apparently there's so many comments on this issue, hmm. and uh, yeah, and also there are some fascinating stories about how people are surviving on the salaries they get. Somehow they are building and doing all the things hmm. they do. Yesterday we got some reactions to that conversation about affordability. You know, somebody sent a longish one. It says, I listened to your team this morning when you were discussing amongst a host of other issues, the current economic situation in the country. Someone sent a message saying that she lives on a combined salary of 1500 with her husband because they are currently servicing the loan they took to put up a house. You guys felt it was way too little to sustain them, uh, considering how tough times were these days. Well, could you? I live on less than one third that amount with my wife every month. Hmm. I teach at a private school in the central region and I take home. 420 CDs a month as a degree holder. My colleagues with WASI certificate take 280. Needless to say, it's been anything but easy thriving on my salary. Since I left Legon in 2013, I've been struggling to land a decent job for myself, but with no success, I settled on this job so I can at least exist. I have taught myself graphic design to supplement what I earn, but still the equation is refusing to balance. Kindly say some for me and the rest of the thousands of graduates who find themselves in this situation. We had never took their ride, and now 420 CD salary. And there are people who take 280 for teaching. That's what we're saying. That's what we're saying. We need all the help we can. We're urging Parliament to intervene to come up with a more realistic relief package for Ghanaians. A more so basically, I, I look. I don't want to trend because I'm ranting. I'm basically saying the government must come up with a more realistic relief package for Ghanaians. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. I'm not here to insult. I'm saying give Ghanaians a more realistic relief package. Other countries have done it. We need it because times are too hard. That's all I've been saying. We need a realistic relief package. A realistic relief package because people are really struggling so that's the whole story for the morning and I hope all the kids eat and don't nobody in my family see six feet you did 
I hope the mother stands strong. You can make it whether you with them or your man's gone. And I wish I could give every celly some commissary and a popo bring the heat on the priest like they did our Kelly. And I wish that DOC could scream again and bullets could reverse and pocket Biggie breathe again. Then one day they could speak again. I wish that we only saw good news every time we look at CNN. I wish we could never get the blues. Wish I could bring back the people that died at E2. I wish that we could walk a path, stay doing the right thing, hustle hard so the kids maintain up in the game. Yes, I am hopeful for today. Take this music and use it. Let it take you away and be hopeful, hopeful, and he'll make a way. I know it ain't easy, but that's okay, cause we hope. We thought it wasn't so apocalyptic. I try to spread my message to the world the best way that I can give it. We can make it always be optimistic. If you don't listen, gotta live my life the best way that I can live it. I pray for justice when we go to court. Wish it was all good so the country never even went to war. Why can't we? Alright, so somebody wanted to know the number to reach out if you had a complaint about insurance. So it's a toll free number 0800 442 000. So Nana Nana. Nene from Kwe Upraso. The number is 0800 Or you can WhatsApp sneak preview a foretaste of glory divine <laughs> this is just to titillate you ahead of what promises to be a very fantastic week Koku is giving us a soft landing she says Bernard your temperature is too high the way you are going this you need to cool down yeah, so Negroes reach out yeah, to just you know wait in the water yes just take it easy Charlie you know, maybe we should produce more songs for my economic situation you know the Negroes reach out <laughs> You know the best the best uh, context for creativity is struggle. Yeah. So when yep. people when people struggle, they they express some of the struggle in song. That's why some of the that, I mean I don't think you can ever do better than the South Africans or the no, Americans no. in terms of the Negro, because where the song is coming from is heavy. Yes. So South Africa, African Americans, very powerful. Very. So very, Caleb, we we'll write the song. I see you are in suit today. Yeah. It means Charlie, something's happening. Caleb Kuda is wearing a suit. It's yeah, very wild. Yeah, 